action right here on Monday Night Show. You want a war? You're going to get one. You fans can stick it, brother. Brett screwed Brett. This is bullshit! And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Welcome to episode 137 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke, alongside Carl Jones, Mother Teresa, Princess Diana, and the Lindbergh Baby, all faithful who fail to outlive Tiny Lister. And Kieran O'Rourke. I'm a little confused. Is that an intro? Are we doing intros or are we not doing intros? Carl's doing an intro. Uh, I just think I keep that bit going as long as I can. Okay. <laughs> Literally, I just think of Sergio Ramos as the armbar king. That's all I've got. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. We are back this week. Returning to our critically acclaimed Monday Night War timeline series, this week talking September of 1999 in the WWF and WCW, talking every Raw, every Nitro, every major news item and pay-per-view, with notes, as always, from the Wrestling Observer and Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters of the time. Uh, Of course, if you haven't heard a previous episode of this timeline, you can go back to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com, where we archive every show we've ever done. Been doing this timeline now since the very beginning, uh, talking about the, uh, the, the timeline 95, as we starting one big podcast and then breaking it down in smaller increments doing it monthly here uh, as we found out in 1999 that the news is just thick and fast so much is changing month to month and uh, and we got another jam-packed one here another 10 pages of notes to talk about here gentlemen and some big big news uh, to set us forward for the rest of the year so we'll kick it off as we mentioned uh, last time on the timeline, they're heading towards Fall Brawl, WCW, and the WWF is heading towards Unforgiven. So we've got some uh, status updates here. Um, Meltzer says, This is where the past sins come home to roost for WCW. After year after year drawing sellouts for Fall Brawl in the market and making the favourite horsemen look like crap and the fans leaving pissed off every year in North Carolina. For a traditional pay-per-view show in the market with less than two weeks before showtime, only 2,200 tickets have been sold. Traditionally, 11,000 sell every year. Can we say that the company are tumbling towards Fall Brawl? You, you could say that, I think quite appropriately so. You've written a lot of material today for this show, Carl. <laughs> also, there is nothing... I don't know if you could tell this from watching, by the way. There is nothing definitive for the Unforgiven pay-per-view at this point. At one point, the main event was going to be a four-way with Triple H, Rock, Mankind, and The Undertaker for the title, and it still may be, but as of the tapings this week, nothing was made clear. It does appear they're going to do a Jericho vs. Shamrock match, and Jarrett vs. China for the IC belt, but nothing else seems completely certain. So uh, a bit of a sign of the times here, uh, we'll come back to this point, because uh, the, the nature of the television and the similarities between the two this month, quite striking to me. Um, a couple of the news notes here before we get to the first Raw and Nitro of the month. The WWF called Jim Neidhart this week to bring him in. WCW has also expressed interest in bringing in Jim Neidhart. What a weird business this is when you're the brother-in-law of a woman involved in a high-profile lawsuit. Uh, Supposedly, the WWF talked with Neidhart about forming a tag team with David Boy Smith as the new Hart Foundation. All that's old is new again, I suppose. That's the idea. Well, Bulldog has looked stellar this month. So. Oh, we'll come to David Boy. Just? We will come to David Boy Smith as we get yeah. along here. Um, when Mike, uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, when Eric Bischoff goes heel as the company president, which is still planned, uh, he's going to have a black woman bodybuilder and two midgets as his entourage. Was part of this the original role for Midnight by any chance? Yes, then? yes, it is. That's the original role for, and she'll come in there. I think October. 
is when she arrives. But uh, yeah, I can't wait. That's the plan for Bischoff uh, at this point. A funny note from Thunder on September second. Uh, that's right. We are going to mention Thunder here. Actually, Thunder and SmackDown get a little bit of play just this episode I, of the timeline. I, I just, if I can, just to backtrack a little bit to Bischoff, please do. Um, this so this heel turn, yes, which is you know has uh, been um, pushed as impending by Meltzer here. What has Bischoff done as a to be a face? He just turned, does that commentary spell? The, the basically, that that stint and, is all he's done. Yeah, and yeah, when he sat in with Hogan that time, when it was kind of hard to distinguish what they were supposed to be. Anyway, mm. I, I just wanted to clarify that for my own and, thought process. And when he asked Billy Kidman if he was okay after he fucked up that shooting style. Oh, cool. Okay. Then. Yeah, don't forget about that. A personal highlight of this uh, recent period, to me, <laughs> frankly. From Thunder on September second, Perry Saturn beat Sid by disqualification. Sid, the undefeated Millennium Man, defeated by DQ. Eric Bischoff wasn't there at the tapings, but when he saw that Sid got beat, he apparently called in and blew a gasket. The chain of command led to Mike Graham, which is why I fumbled on his name earlier on, who ended up in major hot water taking the blame for calling the finish. This company's trying to get Sid over as undefeated and have him lose by DQ on Thunder to Saturn. Yeah, this is... Oh, this is so horrible. It's... Shivani still push he's pushing that this is legit as well that's what grinds my yeah. gears <laughs> it's not even the heat is surely that he's a douche it's bollocks Goldberg was real and eventually Goldberg's gonna fuck him up and that's yeah. you know we're done that's you know it's a little thing for Goldberg no this is pushed as legit by the lead babyface commentator um, beacon of credibility yeah uh, you know basically saying yeah these beatdowns are real beatdowns who cares if the beatdowns are real Sid's been got the shit kicked out of him a few times by like Goldie and stuff so they don't count so by any measuring stick this this, this streak is, is bullshit <laughs> imagine that basically the, the streak is what you should have been doing with Jericho a year ago when, yeah. they, were, when they were teasing the when they were teasing the, the match that never really happened because Jericho was that sort of heel yeah. so you get away with them and it's more natural for a commentator to downplay it whereas yeah, I he didn't. He, he didn't treat it as credible, but Shivani's like, yeah, please, bro. Yeah, yeah, the dynamics of that work. Whereas Shivani playing this off as, I suppose, it would, it would be difficult for him to sort of play to try and downplay it when the idea is you're, suppo- you're supposed to make Sid this imposing monster. So it's that sort of contrast, but it just speaks to the complete just horseshit planning of the company, <laughs> for lack of for lack of a more eloquent term. At this point, WCW plans are being formulated with the idea that Ric Flair is not coming back. Cool. Got that. Mm. Seems to be September of most years, doesn't it? <laughs> you notice that? I have noticed that. Mm. Uh, yeah, of course, this is in reference to the last episode of the timeline where Flair decided not to come to work after being told he's going to lose to Shane Douglas. So uh, keep that in mind. The WWF is looking at bringing back Curtis Hughes in a bodyguard role. He's said to be down from £380 to 280 and has been given a clean bill of health. He'd had a lot of problems in the past. That's alright then. In terms of general talent, I assume he means that. General usefulness. The big cat. I'm not talking to any lad here, by the way. Um, Davy Boy Smith, whose controversial interview with JR still hasn't aired, was interviewed in the Calgary Sun and ripped heavily on Bret Hart. Smith claimed that Bret had called up his wife Diana and told her that if he, if he were to see her on the street, he would run her over. 
He said that he was really mad at Brett because he left the WWF to go to WCW in support of Brett because of what happened at Montreal, but Brett didn't stick up for him when Bischoff fired him. Hart was mad that the newspaper uh, printed Smith's statements about him threatening to run over his sister without even contacting him since he writes for the same paper. So, uh, there you go. The, uh, the, the, The family situation... So what happens out in the uh, western provinces, I suppose? Yeah, it's unfortunately not looking too good for the Hart family here as uh, no. the, the Great Divide rages on. The WF wants Mick Foley to drop 50 pounds. It's noted here in the Observer, and Mick had gotten a little bit portly since his time off. Yeah. Never he... one noted for his physique. No, but it was it was too big at this stage. Yeah, yeah, he'd noticed a few diff- he'd, he looks I'm not sure was he injured at this point at all as well because he looks well, his mobility been, was just poor in yeah, general he'd, he'd been injured in the May he disappeared for the knee surgery didn't he and you'd, I wonder if it was a, because of the whole Austin Diamond they sort of rushed him back for that no, I totally did yeah. not, not that Carly <clears throat> was ever going to win Slimmer of the Year regardless I'm not making excuses for him there just yeah, contributing factor indeed September 4th, just one month after numerous public announcements of Taz, currently the ECW World Champion signing a three-year contract with ECW, comes the revelation that Taz is expected to sign a deal with the WWF. Uh, while both Taz and Paul Heyman have agreed to try and keep the breakup uh, amicable publicly, since they've got three months left to work together, behind the scenes, obviously, there was tremendous friction leading to this. The attempt was to keep the story quiet until after the title changed hands, but in wrestling, nothing stays quiet for long. After the ECW contract was uh, was held up, uh, with Taz claiming dishonesty in dealings, Taz himself apparently... No! <laughs> no! Taz himself apparently had a discussion with Vince Russo on August 31st, which led to a secret meeting the next day with Vince McMahon. McMahon agreed to not start Taz until the new year. Jim Ross, who hinted of the story late in the week on the WWF website, talked of a major star apparently headed to the WWF that even surprised him. Ross is in charge of all the personnel moves and signing talents, but he was bypassed directly for Russo and McMahon in the early stages of the negotiations. So, uh, there you go. Taz! At a time when we were talking before on the last timeline about the issues with talent depth, They've uh, signed the ECW champion. What are your thoughts on this when it was first announced? Um, I must admit, I, I was pretty much oblivious to it until like a week before the Rumble when someone mentioned it to me. I'd, I'd seen the the sort of the inserts, I'll call it, that sort of interrupted some entrances and things like that they'd done on. I think they even did it on bloody metal of all shows. No, it's a real, really drive the point home for those 12 people to watch that. <laughs> Um, I think I was one at the time. But, yeah, me too. But I, but I, so I knew I knew someone was debuting, but I was I was actually oblivious to it being Taz until just beforehand. Yeah. And then obviously, for anyone who was still in doubt, by the time you get to that rumble, <laughs> it's just plain as day. But um, I wonder if JR's mentioning it shocks him <clears throat> possibly because of the physical stature of Taz by any chance. Hmm. Um, I don't think so. I think that was probably a. A little, a little jab by JR to be honest about being usurped in the recruitment yes. process there are, there, are, there are issues are brewing with mm. JR and Russo by the way obviously as we'll come to uh, in, in, in upcoming episodes well I know I'm <laughs> siding with <laughs> <laughs> several WCW wrestlers were laid off this past week confirmed gone are Scott Putsky 4x4 Swall Chase Tatum Damien Cyclope Mikey Whipwreck and Super Callow 
There's some heat since Damien, Cyclope, and Mikey Whipwreck were all injured in the Junkyard Battle Royal um, and then fired. Uh, 4x4, Swall and Chase Tatum were signed to contracts for far more than they were worth by current wrestling standards, uh, with the company having the possibility this year of breaking even or worse, budget cuts to keep from the Reading are happening. As we mentioned in the last episode of the timeline, they're not doing too well. No, at this stage we're... 6.3 million uh, yeah, over yeah. budget. Yep, we're on the Band-Aid on a shotgun wound at the moment. I'm sure, let's see how it goes later on in the year. Uh, who the fuck is 4x4? He was one of I the big Swall. dudes. Yes. <clears throat> one of the big... He's the biggest of the big dudes. The guy who looks like he can't walk. He's so big. I thought that was Swall. <laughs> Swall, Swall is a... It was, it was another one of the uh, Master P... No Limit Soldiers. He was also a big dude. Yeah. Not 4x4 four four big, but okay. big. Big. Yeah. yeah. We move now to the first Nitro and Raw of the timeline uh, for September of 1999. Nitro going unopposed. In honour of it being the fourth anniversary of Nitro, they put on a show that when it was over made you feel like you've been watching this show alone for two years, says Dave Meltzer. Suffice to say, it was one of the worst Nitros ever. So that's what you got going in. God. The show opened with Bret Hart coming out, saying that he hasn't made up his mind about full-time wrestling, but he does want a match with Hulk Hogan. Uh, he said that it's not necessarily about the belts, he just wants a match with Hogan. Uh, the fans popped initially for Bret, but when he called Hogan arguably the greatest of all time, the fans booed. Unbelievable. Yeah, they, they didn't even soften this on the network. No, <laughs> they didn't even try. They didn't even... This is the one that Bret talks about in one of his shoot interviews, about how Bischoff... They, he arrived at the building... And Brett was told he was going to be backstage as part of a pull apart for, for this promo, this big return. And then when Brett kind of said, after all this time, this is what you're going to do with me when I come back, Bischoff kind of bites his nails and changes the order of the show and puts Brett on first and says, challenge Hogan, but it's not about the belt. And then when Brett comes out and, and, and does it and does this promo, which isn't the best. Not, no, not awful, no. but not the best because it's kind of meandering. He gets back and Eric orders him. You know, you got to start showing up on time, Brett. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> and Brett's like, after I've had on my mind for the last three months, fuck you. I'm sorry to say, see ya. Just leave. <laughs> Just fucking leave. Yeah. Oh, Don't worry, everybody. Ricky Rackman is back for the Nitro Goal Contest. Can I get a yeah, right? <laughs> no, you can't. Um... Not, not for me, Ricky. Not for me, buddy. This went on way too fucking long. I'm just, Every I'm week. Just, I'm Ricky just... Rackman's life went on far too long at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's probably in nothing. Well... Hopefully he's not one who, who's outlived Tony Lister. <laughs> <laughs> that may seem a bit crass to people, but come on, we've all watched it. The world, no one would think less of the world, would they, surely? No. Um, I will just note at this stage, we get to about 14 minutes in before we get to our first match. And what's that first and what match? are we treating oh with? What are we treating with? Fucking Prince Ikea. Is it Ikea? I thought it was Lodi and Evan Courageous first. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the next week's show. It is. It is. It's oh, Lodi, God. It's Lodi and Evan. It's Lodi and Evan because Vampiro comes oh, out. Vampir- oh, Vampiro. Puts no. Evan in a trance yeah. or something, oh, doesn't he? Oh, something, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> mean Gene interviews Hawk Hogan, who said he owns a black Hummer and a white Hummer, <laughs> but the Hummer in the photo isn't the real Hummer, brother. <laughs> I love how he nodgedly dismisses this. That's a different, no, it's a different white Hummer, brother. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got them all, though, because I'm rich and I'm great. Hmm... Al Green versus Barry Horowitz went three minutes. Fucking hell. <clears throat> Al, is this Jabroni's name? <laughs> <laughs> Sid, of course, comes in and mercifully kills this match. Most of the match saw Tony Schiavone try to push a contest uh, where the company is going to give away a million dollars to a lucky <laughs> fan. Why not? <laughs> Including the start of the line, being a fan of WCW, it's the best thing in the world anyway. <laughs> 
And it's like, is it? <laughs> just being a fan of WCW is like re- that life enriching. It's like it's like being a millionaire. Right. I guess so. Get you out of bed in the morning. I, I guess so for some people, but yeah, yeah amazing. Uh, Melts with a funny note here says the mystery piano man also played during the segment. We're hearing the piano music mysteriously. He says the fat lady was singing, although she's been doing that for a few weeks now. <laughs> Which I love. Uh, Sting and Luger uh, go into Hulk Hogan's dressing room where he was sitting with Bret Hart. The lights in the locker room went out, and when they came back on, Sting was unconscious. Uh, Hogan and Luger were both blaming the other guy for attacking Sting, and uh, I think Hart blamed Lex. So I quite like this who do you trust? deal here I, I'm growing to, to appreciate Lex throughout the month of September I'm not going to lie well yeah because it actually makes sense because it's Hogan and he's full of shit yeah, so we Lex all know is it. probably right yeah, the fans know <laughs> that's why they're he's, booing he's the only man of consistency yeah well here's some consistency for you the battle royal with the winner getting a WCW title shot this was ridiculous it was, it was supposed to be a 12 man battle royal where there were only 11 people who came out um, and they said that they picked the matches for the rest of the show based on the order of elimination it was the Rednecks, apart from Kurt Hennig, who, who was on colour commentary instead. Um, the Revolution and Jimmy Hart's first family, an illustrious stable that gets way too much TV time this month. Oh, doesn't it just? Oh, God, this match was horrible too. Uh, Hennig said that Vincent, who earlier in the show, Vincent, NWO Vincent, said he wanted into the West Texas Rednecks. Uh, Hennig said that he was getting one chance to prove himself in this match, and if he doesn't cut it, he's out. The next moment, Vincent gets eliminated. Remember that for later in the show. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Uh, Benoit and Malenko are the final two in the match. So, they are wrestling later on for a number one contender's spot. Apparently. At some point in the future. Um, Prince Iakea beats Johnny Swinger in four and a half minutes. This is going on in a wrestling war. Believe it or not. Where's the lockbox challenge when you need it, eh, Carl? Vampiro interfered and again told Iakea that he owed him. Vampiro. Uh, mm, uh, one of Bischoff's yeah. favourites. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, more on him later. Mm. Yeah. Um, Charo Guerrero Jr. and Eddie Guerrero and Billy Kidman uh, beat Psychosis, Hoobie and Blitzkrieg in the best match of the night, although Tony's calling Blitzkrieg Psychosis the whole time, which kind of dampens the, uh, the effect. Um, Barry Windham beats Jerry Flynn, again, in a wrestling war. Um, How fat is Barry Windham, by the way? He's a fat man. <laughs> he's Ahmed fat. He's bordering on Ahmed fat. Despite Vincent not proving himself, there he was in Wyndham's corner as a member of the West Texas Rednecks. Well, they might have been impressed with his performance. They are good old boys. They might have thought he lasted longer than expected. <laughs> so. Wow, he wasn't totally shit. Exactly. Mm, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Or Curly Bill as he gets oh, his new manager. I just think they never really established the criteria for, Cur- <laughs> for, criteria for, for Curly Bill joining the Rednecks. So, you know. Why poo poo? It's in keeping with the general theme of the show. Exactly. And in a match hyped as the winner gets a title shot, Benoit went to a no contest with Dean Malenko. When Sid came out, no soul for both guys and made him look like complete jobbers in the process. Absolute bellends. <laughs> Sid powerbomb Malenko just right there. Just, yeah. And again, any time Malenko's against the big guy, it yeah. just looks preposterous anyway. Right, there's, a, there's a similar moment later in the month when Ray's wrestling, I think, Barry Windham at some point. It's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, this looks bad. And uh, yeah, so Sid Pabos Malenko makes him like a bag of shit. And then Benoit sidesteps it and, uh, and Sid kind of takes a bump over the top rope, allowing Benoit to at least save a slight bit of face as he challenged Sid. The bell never rang, by the way, through any of this. Uh, Benoit and Malenko got up and they just stopped wrestling each other. <laughs> Shivani said that with the title shot at stake, this would have to be sorted out and he'd explain it after the break. Nothing was said about it again. Yeah, just for, cl- <laughs> yeah, just for clarification here as well, though, this is supposed to be for a world title shot, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think it's important we emphasise that going forward. Do you think that might play into things in the next week? Possibly. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, in the cage match main events, Hogan, Sting, and Goldberg beat Sid, Diamond Dallas Page, and my favorite guy, Rick Steiner. Goldberg came out to his old music and got a huge reaction. Clearly should be the star of the show. I don't... That, see, I don't think it's... It's not his old... It's his old music dubbed for the network, isn't it? No, no. This, it, it, this actually was... Oh, they had actually... They, they brought it back. Drop, they dropped Crush him after a month. Oh. Yeah. So, Hogan leg drops DDP for the pin, but the referee stops the count at two. Reason being, of course, during the show, Eric Bischoff changed the finish of the match to Hogan pinning DDP. The referee, Billy Silverman, was supposed to be told in the ring by the wrestlers because they knew, but they never told the ref. They never bothered to tell him, so he stopped. He held up his count at two. Oh, I wonder what that was Ex- about. That explains yeah. everything now. Oh, makes sense now. <laughs> and, anything that does. And after the sh- after the match, Luger yells at Sting and throws kind of a weird punch to his stomach, and Sting just kind of starts punching back as the show goes off the air. How any of this builds to Hogan and Sting is anyone's guess. I guess. They'll <laughs> explain it on Ball Brawl, probably. 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 Over on Raw. Now, Raw had been preempted for the US Open, I believe. It was at 11pm, so again, unopposed here, but later than usual. Uh, we're supposed to start with a tag title match with The Rock and Mankind versus X-Pac and Kane, but X-Pac wasn't there. Uh, they're doing an angle where he's despondent over being the weak link in the team. Uh... Not work. Not a fan of this. No. X-Pac, who's pretty red hot at this point, doesn't need this shit. Uh, after a few minutes, Triple H showed up and then hit Kane with a sledgehammer, allowing Rock to get the pin. Uh, Triple H killed Kane with a sledgehammer after the match as well, until The Undertaker and Big Show made the save and they teased Kane going back with The Undertaker and forming this alliance of big men. Kane, take a show. <laughs> it, at least it means they haven't got to wrestle each other. Yeah, but still... It means less segments, I suppose, if they're just condensed into one segment. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jarrett beats the shit out of Jacqueline in an intergender match. Yeah, he fucking really laid in a couple of clotheslines here on a, an old Jacqueline, an old Memphis favourite of his. Yeah, anybody think he was pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian and Edge beat the Acolytes. After the match, the Dudleys, who uh, debuted on SmackDown, uh, attacked the Acolytes with garbage cans and left them laying. Uh, later in the show they cut a promo with the Acolytes attacking them back where, which is hilarious because they're doing it not with the little flimsy ass garbage cans but with the big oil drums and Farouk is just whacking Diva yeah it's, uh, it's pretty vicious it, they lay it in yeah they lay it in almost, not... almost as if they've been told to yeah mm. welcome back welcome, well, welcome back welcome to the WWF welcome to the big leagues uh, GTV this week which yes it's still going on at this point has Val Venus and Big Show at the urinal oh, with God. Val laughing at the size of the Big Show's dick and show just kicks his ass right there in the toilets. This is like prime Russo uh, TV. It's like, oh fuck, we need to gotta do a match. Oh, I'll put them two together. Oh, but why? Uh, we'll do GTV. It's a dick joke. Yeah, I thought they Boom. called you the big show. Yeah, you go. Yeah, love it. Love it. He's a giant with a small dick. Mm. That's money. <laughs> Nine hundred and fifty grand a year for this. <laughs> for this, this talent. The thing is. Russo can't even keep his dick jokes straight throughout a month because later in the month Val's stuffing his crotch yeah so you know yeah. gotta be consistent with these things yeah I don't know um, Val Venus then challenges the big show to a match um, show didn't particularly seem to care but the Undertaker told him that he had to to defend his honour and then he just destroyed Val Venus in a minute with the choke slam. if I remember right it, it's sort of take a beam sort of trying to be cool with it. you're going to pick that up you just dropped your poop card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. KK, KKK Taker is um, does amuse me. 
Um, unfortunately, it's leading to the biker. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's slowly morphing oh, into the biker. Yeah, he's pretty much. He's, he's pretty, pretty much there. there. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. He's pretty much there. Um, so the crowd was dead for pretty much every match on this show, but it's amazing, says Meltzer, how little reaction Triple H got coming out for his interview. Except for the fact that WWF is on such a roll that nothing right now can stop them, Triple H could be their equivalent to DDP as a business-killing champion, he says. Uh, the fans did chant for The Rock instead of Steve Austin, but they ended up getting Billy Gunn setting up the TV main event. This confused me. Yes, why? Because not long ago, Billy and Trips were buds. They were the best of buds. Um, Them in China were like a... I was seriously... Again, this is... Half of it is shit's all over the shop. But Smackdown... They've actually, they actually use Smackdown. It's not like Thunder. <laughs> um, they actually use it as like a, a, a narrative device. And Vince Russo, obviously, with his world-class narrative techniques, uh, needs, needs all the time he can to tell his stories. So, uh, yeah. Well, Apparently, I guess so. I didn't watch... Did it make sense if you watched Smackdown? No, not really. No. Okay, then. Not really. He just decided to... He just... Uh, yeah. this, this is the thing that we mentioned before, about how he just... He just... Basically, and there's a few of these this month, they decided something, so they just changed something to make it fit. Billy Gunn, not working as a heel. Let's just turn him baby face. switch, and then... It, no real reason. But it's, but it's one of those things where because so much the shit's going Jack on... The special. Yeah. Um, you're almost convinced that you... It's not that they're... Maybe I'm wrong. It, it, that's what it feels like. You sit and watch it... I've missed something here. Yeah. I've clearly... Let's go back it. No, no, I've got to have missed something, because otherwise this is just baffling. No, no, it's just them. Just... Oh, dear God. The Hollies! Hardcore and Crash beat the Hardy Boys in the best match on the show. Uh, the Hardys came out with scales and weighed the Hardys at just over £200 a piece and said they were too small for them to waste their time. This, of course, does lead to the gag that you love, I'm sure, where Bob gets gangrel on the, <laughs> tries to get gangrel on the scale and calls him a fat bastard. How about you, Ken Chocula, you fat bastard? <laughs> the highlight. The absolute pinnacle of Bob Holly's career. <laughs> there it is, folks. September 6th, Raw... Watch it, relish it, you're not getting another one. <laughs> Al Snow came out doing a gimmick where he lost his mind and thought he was Avatar. Did you all enjoy this segment that died a sad no. death? No, it didn't. No one knew what the fuck he was doing here. It, I think they knew, it just wasn't very good. Then he thinks he's a dog, doesn't he, at the end as well? Yes, he starts barking. Well, oh, he, he, he runs to the desk and he starts drawing something on the pad, yeah. which as it turns out is the... The, the, the stipulation for the next pay-per-view and he starts barking wildly as he runs to the back I guess because he's figured out this is my plan I'm going to get the you know it's... maybe who let the dogs out will be the theme for the end of the show here it's just it, it was probably a combination of, of A people who did know and didn't care and people who were just completely confused because he was he was Avatar for what two weeks oh yeah. no no no, on, no Avatar on, on, yeah. on, on episodes of Superstars back in the day yeah don't worry if you were, if you were, uh, you know, you have your fill of GTV this week. It's back this time with Chaz's missus Mariana on the phone, crying to somebody because Chaz was treating her real bad. Hmm. We get Ivory versus Toy in a hardcore match, which is about as gratuitous a match as I've ever seen on one of those. The thong match. The, 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 the hardcore match with the thong. Uh, Lots of water. Lots of lots of water going on. And an iron is used at the end. An iron is used as a weapon, complete with sound effect, which they love their sound effects. I'm just got to drop. Hey, his makeup as well, so it looked like. That's true. I did like that. The, did, the red mark on yeah, the back. I didn't mind. Yeah. I didn't mind the oven. I did the iron. It was uh, yeah. the oven. Yeah. Jim Jim Johnson working overtime at the yeah. drop board. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, tampons were used as a weapon at one oh, point. Yeah. 
sanitary towels, you know, your real highbrow humor here in the WWF. Um, the main event was Triple H keeping the world title against Billy Gunn, thank God. Uh, Gunn led the crowd to chant Suck It uh, to start the match, so that would make him the face. Uh, they did so, but didn't really care about him or Triple H as a heel. This was totally dead, says Meltzer, until Shane McMahon showed up. Uh, they did some ref bumps and outside interference spots, and the crowd did get into the false finishes. And finally, after Gunn got a lot of near falls, Triple H hit the pedigree for the pin. Uh, after the match with China and Shane raising Triple H's arms, Kane comes out and choke slams all of them. A rebuttal, I suppose, for the start of the show. So, uh, yeah, any 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 kind of overbearing thoughts on Triple H, Billy Gunn? I was actually surprised with how much heat this had by the end. Yeah, I mean, this was they they bought Billy on a couple of the near falls. So, in that respect, they they they, yeah, they did a good job. It's just the fact: why are they fighting? Why is that Billy Gunn? I guess we're cheering him again. I guess so. He said suck it, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> the promo Triple H did at the start of the show was just so boring. Oh, yeah. Um, his delivery was terrible. So the content was shit, and his delivery was terrible. Looking at the floor a lot. Um, just, yeah, not... I mean, the ex- you can see, that obviously, yeah, the confidence and the poise, isn't there, of his yeah. promos. Um, he and, wants and it, it so bad. He, but yeah, he, just... he needs a beard as well, so bad. Yeah, the clean-shaven face oh, isn't God, doing no, it. No, no. And you just sort of sit up there thinking... Why haven't we seen The Rock for so long That's on this exactly. show? <laughs> When's Steve coming back? Steve's not here. Steve's <laughs> not here. The ratings are in, however. Nitro, unopposed in its regular time slot, did a 4.1. Raw, at 11pm, still did a 4.4 and beat it. <laughs> this is the second week in a row that's happened. A real sad, sad state of affairs. Imagine, uh, <laughs> imagine the number that Nitro could have done if they actually put even half a show on the people wanted to see. Yeah. Nitro actually peaked at a 4.5 for Benoit versus Malenko and dipped, falling to a 4.4 for the oh, six-man cage main event. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold uh-huh. on. The Vanilla Midgets got the biggest rating of the night. They did indeed, and the people oh. tuned out afterwards when Hogan came on. Yeah, I wonder what Mike Graham had to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably called the wrong finish again. Um, yeah, so uh, there, there were less breakdowns available because it was a Labor Day weekend. Uh, I believe uh, Raw actually did an 11 share in total with a 15 share for the main event of Triple H versus Billy Gunn which is to, to think that 15% of the people watching TV watching Billy Gunn challenge for the title is, is quite jarring I can only assume they, they were hoping Austin was going to come out and beat them both up yeah <laughs> and <clears throat> however in the UK Nitro beat Raw 240,000 fans to 230,000 Nitro gets the Duke Explain that to me. I haven't been this disheartened by people in the country since Brexit. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I, I don't put a lot of stock into these the UK numbers. To be honest, given the um, the access to the. I was going to say, as we've said before, if, if even if you didn't, even if your Sky subscription was cancelled, which ours was at home from time to time, if you had the box, you could still pick up TNT. So you still got Nitro. You didn't get Raw. So. Availability probably plays a factor there. Yeah, let's mm. go with that. <laughs> let's go with that. Even though Raw's been killing him for a while now. Let's go with that. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell, there are still no concrete plans for Unforgiven after Raw this week. Certainly seems like they were trying to tinker with the idea of Kane versus Triple H. Yeah. What a headline attraction. Well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did they try it three years later? Yeah, they did. WCW totally blew its opportunity over the past two weeks to come up with compelling television while Raw had its time slot moved to draw and lure the swing vote back. If anything, they made fans who didn't want to stay up late for work or school beg for Raw next week. Yeah, this was actually quite a, a telling thing. These last two weeks, this was like their last... I'm not sure if their numbers would ever get as high as a four again. I'm pretty sure they don't, as a matter of fact. This was their last ditch, really the last ditch chance for, to, to, to bring people back, especially you have, considering what's coming you, up you, <laughs> in a you, week. Your, your best last hope. Yeah. Or last best hope, whichever way it works. Yeah, whichever way it works. Uh, late in the week, uh, last week, they decided that the, uh, the six-man main event on Nitro would be a War Games match for the main event, since they traditionally do War Games at Fall Brawl, but they weren't going to this year. Unfortunately, they'd already sold tickets for a normal, as opposed to a two-ring setup, and those kind of plans can't be made at the last minute. Someday, this company will get someone in charge who can plan things out in advance, and it may turn around. I don't think they will. <laughs> Are you speaking with the benefit of hindsight there? Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Now, you may have noticed on that episode of Raw, and in fact, last week's episode of Raw, there was no Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, who had turned on The Rock on the first episode of SmackDown, and was never seen or really heard from or really addressed again. Why, you ask? Well... Shawn Michaels on the WWF web broadcast in talking about Triple H not beating Steve Austin in a singles match at SummerSlam to win the title said that when he wrestled Austin at WrestleMania, he'd have loved to have had the luxury of getting a third guy in the match since he was also hurt badly. He said Triple H, as far as I'm concerned, was dicked. <laughs> but the line of the year was, anybody who knows me in the wrestling business knows that if it was Shawn Michaels in that match at SummerSlam that shit wouldn't have happened it would have gone down the way it was supposed to go down Goddamn right Shawn Austin was livid in the comments and McMahon wasn't happy with Shawn either when Shawn arrived at TV this week he was told that he wouldn't be used because of the comments and Shawn boldly told Vince call me when you get your company back <laughs> I love it that's the end of Shawn Michaels for some time. If I remember rightly, we now don't see him again until June of 2000. Uh, yeah, Mayish, because he's there at Judgment Day, isn't he? Just before. Oh, yes, sorry, as the referee. That's about it, though. He's not around for quite some time. Only four years, Shawn, you <laughs> lying son of a bitch. But, yeah. the, the, the lack of self awareness is hilarious. <laughs> it's staggering. I love it. Uh, he was obviously well, on a lot of pain pills at the time. Yeah, can't I can't I remember say, the what truth. Was, what was he taking at, at the time? Hmm, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, that, unfortunately, that's it for Sean. It looked like he was again. There, there were talks at the time that he was, you know, hey, I, I, I might be able to make it back in the ring, guys. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden, he's gone. He doesn't have any real political allies anymore after after this. So Austin doesn't like him. Rock doesn't like him. Trips is not banging Trips down the door to get him back. Need him that sort of yep. thing. Triple H. So um, yeah, you do. You, I don't know we've harked back about it before, but you do just sit there and think. Um, a real missed opportunity if you can if you can control Sean to some extent you know the the, sort of the great stuff you could have done with him in that environment yeah just leaves you thinking a bit wistfully doesn't it it does it does yeah, especially when we come to what's coming up later this month in the torch this week we get a note saying sources say the nitro girls are being pulled from the air those who know say the dance team doesn't get along with each other and management decide it was best to just pull them off the air indefinitely most of the problems are being blamed on kimberly whose attitude is being compared to sables the search for the new nitro girl contest is still scheduled to continue but no indications are being given as to when the nitro girls themselves will return <laughs> Let's think about that for a minute. Just leaves more time for Rick Steiner promos. 
Can't wait. You want some? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little note here from Meltzer on contracts. Booker T's contract earns him more per year than Ric Flair's at this point. Relative to their positions, Flair was on five hundred grand, I believe, with some pay-per-view bonuses. Book is on, I think, seven fifty or seven hundred. Go get your money, book. Get your money, man. Well, to be fair, they never use Flair, anyways. So. Well, yeah. And Shane Douglas is claiming that he'll put up his entire annual salary as a bet if he and Flair both got interview time to build up a match, saying that if they did, their match would beat Raw in the quarters. Mate, don't do that. <laughs> that's, that's bets like that. How did it's... Kevin Nash not take that bet? <laughs> I uh, I like the gumption, but uh, yeah. Questions why he works at Target now. Just been answered. Stupid ass bets. The WWF attempted to renegotiate Shawn Michaels' seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar per year deal this past week after he was uh, sent home. But his feeling is that uh, since he was injured in their ring, he refused to change the terms of the contract. Good old Shawn. Get your money, Shawn. Get your money. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't disagree with him there. No, nope, not at all. Not one bit. However, I'm surprised he didn't try and get out of it at this point to go to. Are they, is WCW so far along? He's not going to get the money. I think he knows now. I think Bad he knows. Oh. Yeah, I think he knows. That's why he's so pissed off because he's got nowhere to he's go anymore. He's missed out all that cash. He's, yeah. like, he's missed out on the push. And he's missed out on the cash. Seven hundred and fifty grand a year, and he just thinks Brett's getting three million a year. Yeah, to do nothing. That's the burn him up that does. <laughs> oh, I bet that ate away at him. <laughs> However, speaking of big money contracts and issues in general. Thursday, September 9th, a landmark day, Eric Bischoff is fired <gasps> from WCW. No exact reasons have been given for the move, which oh. virtually everyone felt was necessary and eventually going to happen, says Meltzer, although it happened a few months earlier than expected. I can think of many reasons why that firing's come out. Oh, yeah. Um, but at this stage, let's be honest, how much would Bischoff have really cared? I, don't get me wrong. His ego is such that it would he would have sort of felt a bruising from it, but he he checked out of the show months ago. And yeah, we we talked in in earlier um, editions of the timeline about where he disappears to France and just leaves Kevin Nash in charge. And, you know, there's there's plenty of incidents such as that to make you think. Yeah, he, he's you know, in terms of the the daily grind that he's given up. <laughs> Does anyone else think it's a coincidence as well that the Nitro Girls get shit-canned and all the heat's on Kimberly at the exact same time Bischoff uh, gets shown the door himself? It's almost like there's some kind of previous gold club connection between him, Paige and Kimberly. I'm just spitballing, just spitballing. <laughs> just shooting something out there. Yeah. Bischoff right now has returned home to Wyoming waiting for reassignment within the Time Warner company since he has several years left on a large contract. Bischoff's overall track record with WCW going into 1999 was excellent. Although in hindsight, many would say there was a lot of luck involved. Do you think that's, very quickly, do you think that sounds like something from 1984? He's going to be re- <laughs> reassigned within Time Warner. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Bischoff took the company from a $30 million a year company when he took the helm in 93, which was averaging about $6 million annually in red ink. 
to a company which in 98 grossed approximately $200 million and garnered a $55 million profit. He was the person most responsible for the creation of the current wrestling boom, says Meltzer. In recent weeks, he had taken on an almost Jekyll and Hyde personality from the pressure of being unable to turn things around. When the company was doing well, his personal perks, like the Road Wild pay-per-view, weren't looked at. But when the revenues were falling, giving away a pay-per-view housegate didn't add up and got him a lot of heat in August. Bischoff was replaced for a number of reasons, a combination of numerous bad deals, falling ratings, house shows, and buy rates. Many point to Bischoff's close association with Jason Hervey and Mandalay as part of the reason for his departure. There had been serious heat on Bischoff cutting a bad video deal with Jason Hervey to market the WCW videos, when the feeling is it should have been done in-house by TBS. The videos were embarrassingly bad compared to the WS home videos. Uh, it's also key to note here there were also the, uh, the racial interviews within the office interviews, the racial issues within the office that we talked about in the last episode of the timeline uh, when Bischoff didn't fire the secretary who fired off the racist joke and that got a lot of static in TBS as well. Um, the company temporarily is in the hands of Bill Bush, a uh, former accountant whose title had been changed from Vice President of Strategic Planning to Executive Vice President. Creative control at this point is in the hands of television producer Craig Leathers, who has the final say, and the same booking committee headed by Kevin Nash, Dusty Rhodes and Kevin Sullivan that got the company into this mess. So that's the lay of the land. Before we move on here to a, to a few kind of tendrils, I suppose, of this story, Bischoff, we've been talking about Nitro this entire time. Bischoff is finally gone. We've been talking all about Bischoff's WCW this whole time. The Eric Bischoff story in its totality is now pretty much told. This is really the end of him really having any kind of full power and authority over what goes on. Even, even so, though, you say full power and authority there, really, to me, from the way you've relayed the details, and based on what we sort of talked about before about Bischoff checking out and disappearing for weeks on end from a creative standpoint really you've just removed a figurehead you know you've kept the same booking committee in place you've just got someone else doing the penny pinch in there yeah an accountant so, and, and yeah. that's a bit of a key yeah. thing to know yes. right there by the an way an accountant who god knows what his reaction was when he opened up that excel spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> marks do not open <laughs> <laughs> We've spent how much on white hummus? Yeah. Um, concerts? Oh, Jesus. Kiss? <laughs> Who the fuck is Chad Brock? And since when did 4x4s cost that much money? Yeah. <laughs> um, it must be another hummer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, the, 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 the removal of Bischoff is going to do nothing to turn the tide or you know, arrest any sort of slide creatively or from those numbers' perspectives. Any any sort of concrete move that you need to make to actually turn around the business indicators nothing's going to change that so what's, what's even his role you go through that list of all the accountants and uh, all these different fucking charlatans doing various roles in the company then you've got the then you've got the creative committee of fucking god knows how many former washed up main eventers who want to be stars still complete complete rudderless ship that has been all the time Bischoff's been there um, and now it's the it really is a minor miracle that it was what it was. It just got to the point when it couldn't take any more, and yeah, that's and it snapped because they were successful, and it so the ship carried on sailing. And as soon as the waters get a little rocky, the fucking yeah, they they, they throw the captain over, overboard because he wasn't even the captain, and the inmates continue to run the asylum. That's a really long sailing analogy that I just made up as, as I was going I along there. It. So it, it could have been better, um, but I'm not completely happy with it. I, 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 I think it was pretty good I'm really proud of that um, there, there is something apt about the fact that 
as you went through the timeline there, Liam, he took over a company that was losing six million a year, and by the time he's left, they're losing six million a year. <laughs> Circle of life, baby. Circle of life. <laughs> Tremendous. I love that. Uh, maybe that's what it really was all along. <laughs> Someone, it's almost like you got sort of a clock with a countdown sort of thing. You're just, you're just watching the numbers. When that hits six, we've got the bastard. <laughs> maybe Mike Graham said something to someone. Maybe. I mean, he was the one who had all those good ideas in the first place. <laughs> maybe he slipped the notes under Hel- uh, Harvey Schiller's door. Who knows? In regard to various Bischoff ideas of late, says uh, Meltzer, the proposed New Year's Eve pay-per-view with the KISS can- uh, concert that we talked about has been cancelled, although WCW has already put down a rather large deposit fee to get the date. <laughs> of course. And they still didn't play KISS as well. Yeah. Yeah. The demon gimmick uh, for Brian Adams, which WCW spent $600,000 to get off the ground, has been dropped since it was based on a deal that Bischoff made with Gene Simmons. The million dollar giveaway has been dropped. The wrestling movie that Eric Bischoff has been pouring money into is too far along and will be produced next month. Don't do it! Bischoff, who is set to star in the movie as something of a Vince McMahon character in a terribly scripted story based on what happened to Bret Hart, is out and will be replaced by Joe (laughs) Pantoliano, who should have taken the blue pill in The Matrix. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Ready to Rumble is based on the life and times of Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy can get screwed, doesn't he? For reals. For reals. Okay. Yeah, for that. It's the four post massacre. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the cinematic massacre. <laughs> there will be no more Road Wild pay-per-views. Oh. As a, a, a directive there from, from, uh, from the company. Harlem Heat, bro. The sour release. <laughs> a Monday Nitro weekly cartoon segment produced by Jason Hervey and Mandalay Sports that was scheduled to begin on next week's Nitro, has been cancelled. Is, is there anyone, anybody else in the world, <laughs> who has achieved such notoriety and been given so many advantages in life, who was so undeserving as Jason Harvey, the older brother in the fucking wonder years? <laughs> he's, not the, he's not the star, he's not the little kid who's the star, he's not the, the he's not dad that people can relate to. Yeah. He's just the prick older brother. Oh. Well, he's still lingering. He was lingering around TNA for a few years as well, wasn't he, when Bischoff was well, there? Well, that explains an awful lot. Uh-huh. The belief is that within the next few weeks, mark this down, lengthy booking meetings are planned with the idea of booking three to six months ahead instead of booking on the fly every Monday with no long-term plan in mind. It's gotten so embarrassing that local cable companies for the four broad pay-per-view had to take out newspaper ads from WCW stating, we're the advertising agency and they won't even tell us who's going to be there. For God's sake, don't miss it. (laughs) (laughs) Which happened because they didn't decide on the Hogan Sting main event until so late in the game. Long-term plans are coming, though. Yeah, can you read that, the start of that line again? The belief is that within the next few weeks, yeah. lengthy booking Stop. meetings... Stop! Oh. That'll never get off the ground. <laughs> Big Kev, does, Big Kev <laughs> does not do lengthy... These lengthy meetings sound very, very strenuous. Unless there's a cooler filled with beer or some kegs. Kev physically can't do long booking meetings because if he stays in a build in a room with air conditioning, he dries out his, his split ends and <laughs> it will kill his gimmick. So yeah. I understand Kev's... Uh, his dilemma. His dilemma, yeah. Yeah, his issues. <laughs> Steve Austin was at the MTV Music Awards this week. Howard Stern told him as a recently divorced man, it's a mistake to date a co-worker because after the breakup you still have to see her. 
Steve Austin said in response, he carries a lot of stroke in the WWF and didn't think he'd have that problem. <laughs> I bet that made fucking Deborah thrilled to hear, by the way. But yeah. uh, well, there you go. Days later, after Bischoff gets canned, it is September 12th, WCW Fall Brawl hits the air. 10,000 plus people in the crowd, but only 3,347 of them paid to get in. And you know who you are. <laughs> Every last dirty one of you. Uh, a 0.29 buy rate for 109,000 buys, making it the lowest buy rate in the history of the industry for a WWF or WCW pay-per-view show. Think, think about that. Yeah. In think, 1999. Think, think about some of the buy rates that, that company would have been doing in 91 post mm -hmm. Flair. How many thousand? 109,000 buys. 109. That's 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 above the old the, the early in your houses as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The in your houses beat that. The first major show under the new regime showed just how far the company had fallen, says Meltzer. The previous two years in the same building, four brawls sold out with more than eleven thousand paid. With Eric Bischoff gone, it was the night for the head bookers to get back at those who had complained or envisioned as Bischoff's pets. Vampiro, a Bischoff pet project, was asked to do the job in the opener. Yeah, look, I am, I am known as someone who's quite restrained, who's not very vocal about things he dislikes. Are you kidding me? But I, I feel the need to stick my neck out. Nephew, yeah. please. And just Vampiro, <laughs> Vampiro and the fucking clowns. Oh God! This this pay per view is a microcosm of everything that is wrong with this company. Now you could probably say that about several pay per views, in fact, <laughs> but. For the purposes of the timeline, this is the one pay-per-view that I couldn't remember very well, so I watched it in its entirety. Oh, I can't wait to get your thoughts on this show. That fucking opener. All I did throughout was just sit there and feel sorry for Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero yeah. <laughs> Such sympathy for Eddie that he's fucking around with these no-marks. Eddie, <sighs> who is the... And the, the Clearly animal, a star. The animals are over, but Eddie's getting all the chance in this match, it feels like. <sighs> And the fucking insane clown posse. At one point they tried to do a 3D and they always break his neck and flip him all the way over. You felt that like there was some real venom in those chops he throws in on Vampiro. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Eddie and Kidman were laying it in on Vampiro. In this. And it's actually a, it's a story in the, in the Observer how Vampiro, for his sloppy work, had been, uh, again, potatoing people and they weren't too happy and this was their chance to get back. So uh, Kidman and, and uh, Eddie were laying and, it in. And rightly so, because he's so fucking shit. And at the end of it all, ironically enough, Billy Kidman is the shooting star press and lands with his knee on Vampiro's face. Yeah, I kind of felt that was deliberate. I'll be <laughs> honest. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't for that sideway shooting star. Um, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie's so goddamn great. And even like, uh, I don't think Heenan is t playing here at the moment. I think he's still doing no, this. No, he's still like, got You can't, you hear the love for Eddie in his voice. Like, doesn't he just sort of taste fantastic he is it's like you can tell when Eddie, when, when Bobby means it or he, he likes someone he's really supporting him mm. it's, it's like it's like when Goldberg's there absolutely I'll come to that when he goes heel but um, yeah when Hoagie uh, sorry when Bobby goes heel and, um, yeah yeah and then, then his behaviour however the bigger picture for me on the show is the absolute bludgeoning of the revolution oh my god yeah when it starts the show when it shows him doing the call yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna sweep when Saturn says we're gonna sweep him tonight yeah clean sweep uh, tonight he, he, wow he, he guarantees it Guaranteed well, a clean sweep. Babyface guaranteed a clean sweep. Okay. Well, in fairness to Perry Sutton, he didn't say which way the clean sweep was. He just guaranteed a clean sweep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did say we're going to sweep it. I think he did. Uh, well, yeah. 
They were given the major humiliation. They are heat with the bookers, obviously with Sullivan anyway. Um, but they went over their head to Bischoff at least to get at least one finish changed in recent weeks, and they were therefore given the major humiliation of having Saturn guarantee victory, and then get little offense in to three clean losses. <laughs> to make it better, Sid told Benoit before the match that he wasn't going to take any of his chops. Fuck you. Isn't that amazing? Like, I'm going to make an example of these boys. And the boys deemed to be Bischoff's boys are Benoit and Co. Yeah, I know. What? <laughs> it's, it's, it's horse shit. It's, it's just Sullivan and Graham. It is. It's Sullivan, Sullivan and Graham. And, that, and I'm sure Nash wasn't too sad either. No, probably not. I mean, it's just... We've got to go through this here. It's, it's Shane Douglas wearing a terrible half shirt, which he's not fit to wear. Belly off. Yeah. Te- teaming with Dean Malenko. And by the way, fucking at the start of the thing, Saginaw, Michigan! Nope. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. Uh, him and Malenko come out and do a clean, tragically clean job to Nobbs and Morris. No laughing matter, indeed. Uh, and then we get Rick Steiner just shellacking Perry Saturn. Beats him. That's the end of that. And then Sid just beats Benoit. Just beats him. Yep. Owns him the whole match, sits in that shitty chin lock, and then beats him. <laughs> you know what? I was wondering if I had a war analogy for this show, and I've got one now. Go on. The fucking Easter Uprising was more impactful in 1916 than this revolution. And that was about six people in a post office. They could, have, they could have taken the first family, I feel. I could take the first family at that stage. <laughs> Brian, Brian Nobbs is just a mess. And Hugh Morris already looks concussed before the match has started. <laughs> yeah, Rick Steiner is it's doing just, no favours for anyone. Shite. It's shite. This is just absolutely terrible. And of course, just to really put the cherry on the fucking cake, Berlin versus Jim <laughs> oh, Matt Wrestling! Poor, allegedly. Poor, poor Alex Wright. I felt so bad for him here. That's, that's it, that's right. We even have to be subjected to a Mike Graham cameo. Yeah, we do. That fucking <sighs> asshole gets on there. So, poor Berlin doesn't know what to do against Jim Duggan. And at one point, you can see he's Duggan's no-selling. Berlin doesn't know what the fuck to do. And it just deteriorates into, like, a shoot. Like, there's, like, fucking amateur wrestling takedown attempts. There's front face locks. There's shots being no-sold. It's a disaster. This could not have been a worse start for Berlin in the ring. This was an absolute tripe. Actually, yeah. So, this from the torch. Because obviously it was supposed to be Berlin and Bagwell, which you should note. Buff Bagwell refused to do the job to Berlin at the pay-per-view because he didn't feel the angle had enough time to develop. Hacksaw Duggan took his place but got mad while working the match because he didn't know what he was supposed to do. Never <laughs> stopped him before. <laughs> surprisingly, sources say there is little heat on Duggan for his conduct in this match. Not so surprisingly, Bagwell is said to be even deeper in the doghouse. Well, he is in the doghouse, no, no. Yeah, they let him get away with refusing the jobs, though. Not these well, people for 20, any spine. For, for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll give you 24 hours for this uh, story to develop buff. Of course, the biggest news on the show is the Sting heel turn in the main event, capturing the WCW title from Hulk Hogan. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Who do you trust? I still trust Sting more than Hogan. And... Well, apparently the fans do too, because they cheer when, when, uh, when, he, when he levels Hogan with a baseball bat at the end of this match, and him and Lucas celebrate over his... <laughs> dead body yeah I just at this point I'm just sat there thinking 
I know he makes three million a year, and he's never going to have to work another day in his life. But I can't help feeling sorry for Brett, <laughs> given the year he's having. He, you know, he doesn't know whether or not he genuinely doesn't know whether or not he's going to come back. He ultimately does come back. Their idea at first is to have him involved in a pull apart. Then they just throw him out there to cut a promo, but it can't be about the belt. Because Hogan's going to lose the belt. <laughs> then he's just lingering in the locker room with Hogan to then being laid out at the, at, to close this show. Yeah. Just... Welcome back. Welcome back. It, it's almost like it's <clears throat> deliberate sabotage. That's how it feels. Yeah. And what are, you, what are you doing with Bill on this show? <laughs> Fighting around with DDP. Fighting around with DDP, who the previous month had lost to Benoit. And as we've pointed out, the revolution are not exactly causing much of an uprising at this stage. No. A shocking pay-per-view effort here from WCW. Maybe, I don't want to say this is the low point, but this is certainly one of them. It's emblematic of the company. Yeah. Absolute shower shit. So, the next night, 24 hours later, Exhale Carl. Raw and Nitro on September 13th are back head-to-head. Uh, Raw Can't starts... for these numbers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Starts with Linda McMahon to kick off the show. Your favourite, Carl. Guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been preempted the last couple of weeks. We need to start this show off right. <laughs> Linda McMahon. <laughs> Who orders a five-way to determine the number one contender for Unforgiven and also orders Triple H versus Steve Austin for the title tonight. Exciting stuff. Steve having returned on the on Smackdown, Smackdown before. Yeah, which we should know. Yeah, so Steve had been rushed back. Absolutely rushed back. Um, Triple H and China come out to try and uh, deal with Linda. Patterson and Briscoe come out and they get beaten up. Uh, Triple H threatens Linda here in uh, yeah imposing fashion. So I guess uh, trying to kind of big himself up here and threatening Austin for later, and we'll see how this kind of plays out. Obviously, he doesn't want to wrestle Steve. Jim Ross interviews the British Bulldog. No controversy, no mention of Bret Hart. He just he, and by the way, Bulldog had also debuted on SmackDown the previous week. And, uh, and helped well, he beat Bossman for the hardcore belt and gave it back to him and delivered the immortal line here Carl about why about why what he did because he deserved it he deserved it <laughs> Bulldog just said that he'd held every title in, uh, but the WF title and he wants to win that one next he wore a suit that was so large it looked like a cartoon character my god this suit was massive you might have borrowed this from Vince he, uh, and he's added extra shoulder pads onto his steroided up shoulders. The, this you look massive. This this fucking suit was the biggest suit in the world. He looked like a square. Ever. He looked like a square. It was a triangle, I'd say. Giant triangle. He could. He could <laughs> the thing is, he could barely move, and you're inclined to chalk it up to not the. It, it's not a case of the back's an issue. You're almost inclined to think, yeah, it wouldn't matter if your back had been fucked or not. This is all about roids. There's move. too much gas. The air needs to be let out the tyres. The next match was Bossman versus Al Snow. Bulldog attacks the Bossman and then gets posted by the Bossman. And uh, well, that's that. He just come out. Uh, he just chases him off later on when Al Snow brings the dogs. But uh, I don't like Bulldog's chances, says Meltzer. Not winning the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neither. Shane McMahon was mysteriously attacked, and it's kind of alluded to that it's by the posse. Okay. Why? Why indeed. Tess then wrestles Joey Abs. The posse come in, and Shane McMahon makes the save to a good ovation. They pop for it because, hey, it's a turn. <laughs> Tess and Shane fight them off together. 
Was this because Joey Abs called Steph a slut or something? Yes. So that was obviously the. He didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, so Shane's sticking up for his family. Yeah. Okay. T- tests again. Young girlies love test. This is like people missed it. This was like the the, the romance from uh, Twilight before Twilight. Yeah. Steph and test. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. It is. I like this. Um, yeah, and yeah, I feel like he, I still feel like he's losing momentum there. Though. Oh well, test. Yeah, I think as a, as a character, no, I won't say character, but he's uh, probably more over. But he's just fucking atrocious in the ring. So every time he wrestles, the crowd just dies. Yeah, so it gets worse later. <laughs> yes, that that's when it really feels like a momentum hits oh. a, a a triple H sized brick wall, <laughs> if you will. Um, <laughs> so Steve Austin comes out. Apparently ready to wrestle in his t-shirt and jeans for the world title, and Triple H comes out and has him arrested rather than wrestle him. Um, Triple H says that he's followed an assault paper against Austin, and then just attacks Austin right in front of the cops mm. who don't care and wheel Austin off. These aren't wrestling cops, so you know. As we've talked about on other shows, uh, which again we'll get to at some point during this timeline, the uh, the thin blue line in the wrestling world uh, is known to wilt. <laughs> and this is of course because Steve Austin the vehicular assault the vehicular assault vehicular assault <laughs> yeah. by Steve Austin from Smackdown Chris Jericho came out in a cage that he called the Y2 Jail and brought out Gotch Gracie as his opponent in a mask to prove that he's a shooter I love that name Gotch Gracie great stuff with Gotch written across <laughs> big white big white letters. letters just to you know legit uh, so they have a match Gotch and Jericho uh, this was like watching WCW and it was the first time in a long time where the WF announcers wouldn't sell the angle this is a Jim Ross hating this one special I thought this is a uh, uh, is, is, is refusing to sell they're doing like a fake match that makes any sense like they're, they're trying to like walk through like a mm. a match without hurting each other and it just doesn't get over at all again the crowd doesn't care um, in the end Jericho uses the lion tamer for the win puts on a very bad looking ankle lock which results in Ken Shamrock himself coming out um, somewhere in there, the mask gets taken off, and uh, and Ross calls him Curtis Hughes. Or the Joker calls him Mr. Huge later on. Uh, of course, we've got to talk about the, the great spot in this match, where, <laughs> as I mentioned to you off, uh, off mic last week, as Curtis Hughes and Jericho are attacking Shamrock, look out for this, as Curtis Hughes lays in a couple of hyenas... <laughs> kicks if you will uh, to the head of Ken Shamrock jarring his neck pretty severely to which Ken Shamrock responds by just no selling everything getting up and swinging for the fences on Mr. Hughes tremendous right hand I would love don't you just want to drop Ken Shamrock into WCW and see what happens yeah. <laughs> see who tries to stiff him just, first just throw him in there with Rick Stein oh, God. Rick Stein wouldn't do fucking anything there would he no of course not because he's a tough guy exactly. he wouldn't do a tough guy um so the five-man match that was advertised for the uh, number one contendership basically saw them beat up every referee in sight until all the uh, undercard luminaries ran in to kind of break it up, and then they just went to commercial. Mm, yeah. Well, nothing happening kind of situation mm. here. Uh, Triple H in China came out and called out Linda McMahon. Uh, Triple H demanded that Linda say that Steve Austin won't be getting any more title shots. Uh, she wouldn't back down as Triple H went to grab her by the arm. A familiar song plays... And he's back <laughs> six weeks away after leaving the WF forever. Forever. At least I addressed it. Yeah. Yeah, I, kind of. I, I almost feel like it's a case of they they know about Bischoff 
says, so like, you know what? <laughs> you got family let's, let's, let's bring Vince out on TV this week. <laughs> let's just do it. Yeah. So I'm he, still here. He made the <laughs> he made the save for Linda and cut a classic Vince promo with it. Well, it's like three lines, but it's the Vince lines that you love. Who the hell do you think you are? And everyone pops huge. Talks about how he promised he wouldn't interfere with WF business, but this is personal, damn it. It's classic Vince. I don't do it. Which is great. And it's just as it's kind of, uh, you know, it's getting where it was getting. The glass breaks, Steve Austin comes back out and brawls with Triple H, um, pretty much all over ringside before he hits Earl Hebner, punches him in the face with a DQ. But uh, Austin looked pretty good here. Yeah, after a couple of weeks away, and, and these shows, maybe it was the preemptions actually in hindsight, um, that I wasn't cognitive of watching them first time around. But the energy on the show is so different when they get to see Steve doing yeah. this thing again. It's it's back to what it rabid. Yeah, after those few weeks when it felt like this show's I'm not sure this show meandering. What, yeah, this show could easily become WCW very quickly without Steve there as the focus. Um, yeah, so a welcome boost. Indeed, Steve Austin kept beating Triple H up after the match. Sold pretty much nothing the whole way through, <laughs> and just ended by hitting with a stunner. Yep. There you go. That's your lot. Uh, I've got no problem with it whatsoever. Oh, it's right with the world. Yeah. Over on Nitro. This is the first Nitro sans Bischoff. We start with Chris Benoit beating Dima Malenko in a pretty good match. They do the, uh, the superplex. This is the match. I love this match. This is a really good match. How, how into the match the crowd are. Yeah. Super into Considering it. Considering how dead they are for most things on Nitro most weeks that isn't Bill Goldberg. Yeah. Saturn and Douglas at ringside cheerleading along, but pretty much just leaves it to them in the ring and yeah really good stuff really enjoyable match Benoit wins looks great doing so much better than I wasn't really uh, particularly enamoured with the one the, the match the week before no um, this was so much better again why would you if, you if you know that's happening I guess I guess so yeah um, this is fantastic stuff though um, though just to clarify that's for a world title shot that's it? a world title uh, yeah, shot, world title shot. Yes. Benoit beaten by Sid the night before Malenko I believe is the one that took the fall from you, Morris. Yep, Moonsault. You could say it's no laughing matter. No. Well, I did before. <laughs> Ric Flair returns in Nitro. It's easily the best reaction on the show, and he's a baby face. Well, it's in flat country, so who cares? Yeah, they're going to chase him anyway. But, you know, maybe when you're desperately trying to find something to, to pop a number to get some wayward fans back on side. Maybe you do it when Raw's preempted. Well, just a thought. I guess there's a reason why Flair came back I this suppose, week. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose there is, yes. And boy, was he happy, by the way. Oh, he was. He was. He was elated, saying that he's got a real job for the first time in five years. Yeah. Oh, he just could. At one point, he starts talking about how lots changed this week, and oh, Oakland God, goes, I didn't "Don't even, go there." I did that even because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, think don't why? That's amazing. Yeah. Can barely contain his delight. He can't even. He can't hide it. There was actually an edict. Bischoff was banned from uh, from WCW dressing rooms after being fired, and they were all told you're not allowed to mention his name again. So when Flair started in that direction, that was Oakland's. No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it on focus, Rick. For fuck's sake. For God's sake, Rick. Yeah. You've just come back. Yeah. Um, Flyers had a pretty much great line, by the way, about saying that he'd, uh, he hadn't watched wrestling in six weeks, but he watched Nitro last week and knew they needed him back. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he clearly didn't watch the pay-per-view either, because he, he mentions that he didn't realise Sting had done what he did until he arrived at the arena that night. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no fucker else did, so why should he? Why should I pretend I watched? Sting and Luger do come out. Uh, they put Flair over, but then told them to retire. Um, of course, as, as you mentioned, there, Sting then ends up saying that he, he everything that he learned, he learned from Rick. 
so I am the product that you made me kind of deal. Uh, Luger and Sting give Flair, because they have respect for him, the chance to leave the ring without them killing him. Flair then says, bring it on, bitch. And, uh, well, they kick his ass, really. They pretty much just destroy him. Luger racks him. Sting puts him in the, stor- in the uh, Scorpion Deathlock until Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart, the new super best friends, made the save. And then uh, after the match, how did you like that promo? Hogan and Bret challenging oh, Sting and Lex. God. Is this the one where... Now give me the microphone back, Brett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I need something else. Yeah. Brett, is it Brett gets the... Is this the one when Brett calls Hogan the best there is, the best there is, the best there is, or does he call Flair the best there is? No, he calls Hogan at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's Hogan. Oh, I can't believe that. Oh, um, this was every Hulk Hogan getting the baby face to fucking wank him off so you've ever seen. It's nauseating. This has been two, three weeks at this point, maybe longer, maybe less. But it feels like every time you reference something, you've got a, the caveat of of Hulk Hogan Bret Hart's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time probably him and Hulk Hogan Goldberg's the man is the best shape of anyone in wrestling right now well him and Hulk Hogan every little thing any time you put another baby face over you've got to caveat it with Hogan Hogan too the Hogan preface the Hogan preface and it's it's absolutely nauseating how Carl did you give him a not guilty verdict how how it's enough to make your skin (laughs) (laughs) so it should (laughs) <laughs> so you're dying day. I'm so sorry, everybody. So Hogan and Hart challenge into the tag match. Ho- Hogan's dominating the whole promo. He gives the mic to his buddy Brett. He gets about two lines out for Hogan's reaching over his shoulder to take the microphone back off him and basically say again and again, "I'm gonna, we're gonna kick your ass. We're gonna kick your ass." Let me tell you something, brothers. We're gonna kick your ass. Eight times you must say it. Yeah. This, this is F U N B Hogan. It's close. It's, it's desperation. Yeah, oh, the, the catchphrase he's trying to get over is uh, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, right. and kick your ass. Which even Sting says that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> Sting was great. I, I oh, so much appreciation for Sting watching this one. Yeah, Sting, Sting and Lex. I like him. Lex was as the, the stooge to Sting was great. Yeah, especially when he cuts to the backstage where he goes, "I haven't got my clearance." Well, guess there's no match. <laughs> yeah, Luke. No, what's on the Mars that Lucas says he hasn't been cleared and he doesn't have his gear anyway? It's like, this, okay, this show now is kind of. At least at this point, there's some kind of. I've got a feel for what the, show, the, the, the landscape of this company is supposed to be. And it's good with with uh, Sting. It's like that's, I'm enjoying Sting as this, this heel so far this week. But it makes absolutely fuck all sense. Anything else that's happened in this company yeah, in the well, last, th- I was going to say, yeah, four years, three years, two years, probably actually within the last month. Well, don't worry, because there's a video later on that will explain. Oh, <laughs> thank God for that. Oh, wait till we get to that video. Thank God. Yeah, we'll get to the video and then we'll put all of your will do fears it. Yeah. to rest. Okay. Ricky Rackman's back for the Nitro Gold contest and yeah, it's right. worse, worse and worse every week. Sid keeps interfering every single week in matches to pad his stats. Eventually, Goldberg comes out and challenges Sid. Pretty good promo here, I thought, for Goldie. The, the, the crowd are eating it up as well. crowd are eating it up. Uh, Goldberg says that he admires Sid's size, his strength, and his skill, but not his mouth. <laughs> it's a nice skill with his mouth. <laughs> uh, they end up talking about the streaks and how he... Yeah, it's the promo that he should have been cut. Your streak's bullshit, mine was real, and I'll fucking kill you. And he just says, I've had enough now, I'm going to kick your ass. And he's yeah. like, that's great, it was really good. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's, that's what it should have been. He then battered Jerry Flynn too, which made me happy. <laughs> I was like, oh. Jerry Flynn jumps in. What <laughs> <laughs> dick, you moron. <laughs> Jerry Flynn jumps in. He's probably done more jobs for Goldberg than anyone, Jerry Flynn. <laughs> With his big, goofy teeth, and then he gets the shit kicked out of the team. And his kick pads. His kick pads and his... 
pajamas. <laughs> Who wears kick pads with pajamas? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Benoit does an interesting promo saying he was sure that Sid tapped out of the pay-per-view. He lost sleep over it, watched the tape, and found out that he was right. He ended up getting heat backstage over this because he was told explicitly not to bring up the fact that Sid tapped out in the match. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it anyway. Even Benoit's had enough. Yeah. Fuck this. Fuck it. No one else gets no one else really gets punished. Buff Bagwell can refuse to do a job. Alright then. I'll fix your little red wagon, Kevin. Yeah. So uh Benoit was supposed to wrestle Sting for the title. This is probably why he did it, actually, now I think about it. And Rick Steiner came out instead to do the match. And Benoit beats him with an O'Connor roll in one of those typical WCW jobs where Rick Steiner is attacking the referee, throws him out the ring, O'Connor roll, one, two, kick out from Rick Steiner. Three. Three. And then he gets straight back up, beats the shit out of Benoit, beats the ref up, Dean Malenko runs in to make the save, and Rick Steiner just stands there and kicks Benoit right in front of his mate and dares him to do something. And him and Malenko, Ian Malenko just stares at him. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with this company? How is a man not fired for pulling that on live TV? Disgraceful. Just and this is not just, every, not just any. This is every week. This is every this week. Is, it's every is, segment now. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not Goldberg doing this. It's not Flair doing this. It's someone as worthless as Rick Steiner. Hey, don't say worthless. He's on like seven hundred and fifty grand a year. There's value there, clearly. Someone with a grossly inflated wage, like Rick Steiner. Yeah. Uh, I bet he's on. I'm gonna say. I'm, I bet he's on more than Flair, isn't he? Oh yeah, way more. Yeah. The Steiners and Harlem Heat are all on that same kind of 750 to 800 yeah, grand a year range while Flair's milling around at 500. Stevie Ray on 750 a year. Harry Sam beats Eddie Guerrero in a good match which kind of kicks off yeah. the revolution uh, Filthy Animals feud but around and around we go. But yeah, they're coming off of 0-3 oh, oh the night before. Benoit's going backwards in terms of titles. Yeah. <laughs> Cruiserweight titles next on the list. You better watch out. Eddie Guerrero who goes over the night before. Loses to 50 50. Seen it before. Seen it again. For fuck's sake, this is Eddie Guerrero. Berlin does, in fact, get the big win over Buff Bagwell on this show. Well, just how big was the win again? Pretty big. I'd say quite big. It wasn't clean, was it? No. Well, it was, it was the wall, thankfully. The, the, the wall throwing the right hand and the little sheet neck breaker finish that he does. Not a big fan of that. No. Didn't like that. Pretty weak finish. Well, look, without wanting to throw in a spoiler there or anything for the folks at home. It doesn't matter. It's Berlin. He's not long for this world anyway. <laughs> then, before the main event, we get the video that reveals all with Sting. The signs were there all along, apparently. We're all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you still watching, you dumb shits? The black and white paint. Wasn't it just telling us all along that he'd gone dark? <laughs> the return of the bogus Sting was allegedly a manifestation of Sting's all along. It was. Do you remember very quickly, doing the NWO? <laughs> That's my favourite one! That's my favourite one! The, the, the ease with which he tried The emotion was so easy to come Yeah, he was so easily able to channel that emotion all of a sudden. You rubes! And then my favourite of all! My favourite <laughs> of all! <laughs> Things have been better! <laughs> I thought he was going to go with, Maybe Kevin Nash was right! <laughs> He said it. He did it. Maybe Nash was right along. Maybe face the bloke who was forced to retire. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Nash was right. Look, 
There's someone you can trust. <laughs> Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Everything. I just thought this is the most trying time for... Just end it there. You don't need the heroes in WCW. Yeah. It's just a trying time for everyone concerned. <laughs> finish it with a shot of a crying child. Um, what was the... Uh, oh, it's yeah, the final line on this where they basically just say Sting has betrayed all of his millions of fans. Forever. Forever. That's <laughs> yeah. it. This is like a normal turn. This is forever. Hogan can come back for what he did for three years, but not the Stinger. The, the awful betrayal of WCW is he whacks Hulk Hogan with a baseball bat. That prick Hogan. <laughs> yeah, who spat on spray painted the bell for years. Pretty much, this video was trying to convince us that everything we've seen for the past three years it was worthless. Was wrong, and I was <laughs> basically we 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 are German natives living in Nazi Germany, and we've gone along with we've gone along with the old the Third Reich, and afterwards, oh, you know what? We were wrong. We were looking at things from the wrong perspective. Our bad. Hogan, good. hail Hogan, hail, <laughs> hail Hogan, hail the NWO, and Sting's Sting's a bad a bad boy. So this this was life perspective altering this was paradigm shifting indeed it was more importantly you've you've ventured into the uh, war analogies as well I know, excellent <laughs> and of course after this Sting and Luger thankfully win <laughs> I was stunned when they won against Hart and Hogan when DDP of all people comes down with the bat and it wound up with Luger hitting Brett in the face with the bat and Sting pins returning hero most sympathetic man in the whole business Brett Hart yeah. welcome back Brett well you know Hogan's not going to do a fucking job, is he? It's not like Brett needs wins because he doesn't want the world title. He just wants a match with Hogan, so... Yeah. He doesn't, it doesn't matter. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Didn't that. Brett say he's not going to wrestle before he wrestles? Yeah. So. Okay. He, At one he, point, he, he needs this one promise before he comes back. There you go. He's not sure he's going to come back. Yeah. He wants it. Okay. Because Hogan at no stage has acknowledged his challenge. No. At any point. No. Well, they were going to in the locker room, but then Sting got attacked, allegedly, so... And Brett just got drawn back into things. Exactly. Yeah. So... Raw in the ratings did a 6.0 to Nitro's 3.3. They're back where they were. The return of Ric Flair in the unopposed hour did a 4.5 rating. Uh, Raw's star quarter hours were all for Steve Austin, funnily enough, who was indeed rushed back for ratings reasons. He wasn't supposed to be back until October 10th, but he's back early. Uh, the tease of the first Austin Helmsley match, which ended with Steve Austin being arrested, did a 6.3 quarter, and their brawl to end the show did a 7.0. Uh, the overrun destroyed Nitro's Hogan and Hart versus Stinger Luger match, which only did a 3.0. <clears throat> Ricky Rackman's Nitro Girl segments actually lost viewers in the unopposed hour, which almost never happens. <laughs> well done, Ricky. Yeah. Yeah, right. Has he surpassed Scott Hall at this point? Yeah. <laughs> I believe he has. Honestly, at this stage, I feel like a 3.3 is undeserving. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, Carl. I don't want to ruin it for you. It's going down. Okay. Raw's biggest advantage was a 6.2 to 2.5, coming with Chris Jericho going against Gotch Gracie, going head to head with Rick Steiner and Chris Benoit. So take that, Rick Steiner. In the UK, Nitro beat Raw again. 240,000 viewers to 210. Maybe Raw that week was on Sky Sports 3, because I know that, <laughs> because I know that if you, <laughs> certain packages were a bit different. <laughs> Work with me, people. Use your imaginations. 
Rey Mysterio Jr. was scheduled to wrestle Juventu Guerrero on Nitro this week, but the match was cancelled at the last minute because the Ric Flair sting Lex Luger angle went way too long. Uh, why they didn't just cancel the stupid squash matches with the Sid Venins or the Wyndham's versus Regal and Taylor, which made air. Uh, uh, not quite so sure. Well, Regal barely sold the bell shot. Yeah, barely <laughs> sold the bell shot. His facial expressions are coming along to, uh, to the great form that we know and love from yeah. William Regal, however. Um, Shamrock was potatoed by a rusty Curtis Hughes on Raw, and got upset, gave him the receipt back, and got a backstage promo on Hughes in front of everybody. Uh, Shamrock then asked to be taken off the cards because he wanted to start training for his return to fighting and didn't want to get hurt wrestling, claiming a neck injury in the skirmish. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, again developing story we'll get to later <coughs> add Ric Flair to the list of people looking to end up with a WCW booking job now that Bischoff is gone everything that's old is new again <laughs> yeah. throwing a call to corner worked in 1989 anything that's new does, doesn't get used oh, when the fuck is Ollie Anderson coming back <laughs> September 14th at the Smackdown tapings that's right there's big news from Smackdown Vince McMahon wins the WWF title. This is a complete response to Thursdays not being as much of a smashing success uh, for the WWF as they hoped. Uh, last week, despite strong hype on Raw for a double buried live match for the tag titles on SmackDown and the return of Austin, SmackDown dropped to a 3.65. Uh, this show, with Vince winning the title, did a 4.55 rating. So, an artificial jump start for the rating there. Vince McMahon winning the World Championship from Triple H. And uh, this might be as good a time as any to kind of say something that I've, I've been kind of itching to say ever since I started watching the September Raws, which is this month completely feels like WCW, oh, yeah. the television to me. It's, there is no difference. The fact that they're scrambling around for a main event for Unforgiven, it's the perfect way to start this, this podcast. Because just like, to me, Unforgiven, which we'll get to, reeks of WCW pay-per-view. The way that you've got so many matches thrown together at the last minute, the fact they, that there's no focus main event, so they just throw this fucking shambles together that, that has no interest in a, anything. A largely dead crowd. A dead crowd. It's reminiscent of Slambury and sold out. All those are the stinko pay-per-views from 99 that we've been sitting through. The bash, both of them. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, it's just, this, this would be eviscerated if this was on Nitro. And rightly so. Um... It's just There's so many bad tropes here. And it's just so unnecessary. I mean, if uh, and we we can you can tell from what they're they're apprehensive about committing to Triple H. But if you've got a bit of apprehension, that's all well and good. This this won't do him any favors. No, this won't get him over, regardless of the circumstances of the total change, which of course involve, Austin costs him, which involves Austin and the like. And it's it's such an unnecessary knee-jerk reaction. I mean, okay, so their their rationale is that we're not doing the sort of numbers we initially thought we would on SmackDown. It's been going what three, four weeks. You know, it's it's still in its infancy. And let's be brutally honest, UPN as, as a network is is not one that's held in much prestige at this point so it's just so unnecessary yeah I know but, but if I go back to the sort of one of the points I made in the last podcast when your comfort when largely your comfort zone has always been a McMahon Austin orbit it's that case of falling back towards what you know 
We did laugh on the last podcast, or at least you did, when we talked about Austin being a heel, being contemplated. Mm. About how ridiculous it would be for Vince to come back as a babyface. Mm. After turning earlier in the year and turning back heel. And now he's a babyface as the champion. Yeah, remember, mm. remember the whole high power thing when that was a bit of a swerve roo Yeah. Just remember that. Yeah. Yeah, next week on Raw, remember that. Yeah, remember it. Um, hey, at least Steve Austin did, kind of. Come to it. Yeah. Um, this is horrible like yeah Triple H was so boring in his initial promos but you cr- you crown a new champion you're desperate for a heel they're going to go with him obviously going to go with him re- he's repackaged he's bought himself some new pants um, <laughs> there's, there's no other heel at this stage they can go with. exactly so you've got to, you're going to go with him they've done the smoke and mirrors so to appease Steve and well not appease he still did the job <laughs> actually yeah, he did the job anyway um <laughs> So you fucked it with the Foley thing, you've watered it down, and now I just don't understand. Vince that. beats him. And then Vince beats him. Yeah, this is like polar opposite of how you should make a champion look strong. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's everything that WCW gets mocked for. Yeah. And it's a curious thing, and I, I, this isn't entirely related to the timeline, it's slightly off topic, but um, do you remember when Zach Gowan's first match was with Vince? Also, I thought it was the big show. Maybe it was the big show, but the the, the pay per view match. That was oh yeah, the Vengeance match, match. Um, where he loses. And I, I was watching it with someone who, you'd, if I called him a lapsed fan, that would probably be quite charitable in truth. And and maybe it was me putting too much thought into it. But I sat there and thought, I said that's a terrible decision. Well, why is that terrible, Carl? Don't be stupid. He's only got one leg, and I said, so I thought. <laughs> you're not wrong he's only got one leg but it's the notion of he's lost to Vince no one and there's always there's always a stigma of you don't lose to Vince yeah, the world we, knows he's not a tough guy wrestler yeah just the charm of him just, at his best was that he he was the wannabe yeah but and there's, there's just he was the guy who really was not tough there's, there's always just been something about this notion of Vince can get one over on you, you know, he got one over on Austin occasionally but yeah, Vince. Vince doesn't beat you. Vince loses to his own son. He doesn't. You know, Vince doesn't beat the wrestlers. And if and if, and if he does, it's a total bullshit fluke where vengeance is called upon quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, but we've seen this changing with McMahon toughness. Indeed, we are. I, I, things start to change mm. that first time he walked out in the tank top. At that point, it's like I'm huge. That, that, me. That that raw, that raw rumble entrance. Yeah. He's like you red, know where Jerry gets his jollies off. He watched that back and thought. You know what? I do look better than most people on my own roster. No chance of a one-legged man beating Vince McMahon. No chance. <laughs> oh, but he's the champ. He's the champ. The champ. On a side note, whose punches are worse, his or Shane's? I'm, st- I'm still saying at this Shane. point. At this point, I think Vince. Okay. At this point, Vince. Shane's would would top it in years years to come. The Demon versus Vampiro feud that was being set up in August is now totally off the books. It was scheduled to go like this. I don't know if this is real or if someone's having a laugh here. The demon was to be revealed as the son of the devil who had turned babyface because he turned his back on his dad. Vampiro would be revealed to have been sent down, up, from hell, to garner revenge. They were going to build for a showdown at the New Year's Evil pay-per-view show where the demon would toss Vampiro into a vat of holy water and when he got out he'd morph into a new character. It's the Hardy's gimmick, basically. <laughs> yeah. What what I want to know is where do Evan Courageous and Prince I Care fit into all this? 
And what do they owe Vamp? They, 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 sold, they sold their souls against the WCW. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't talk about what happened in Mexico. Okay. Oh, everyone knows what happened in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so again. It's the reverse New York. Yeah. Nicole Bass, she of fired WF fame, announced on September 17th that she had filed a $120 million lawsuit against the WWF. This certainly sounds like a publicity stunt, seeing all the national pub that Rena Mero got. Uh, Bass claimed that she was often groped and humiliated, claimed her breasts were grabbed by an unnamed WWF employee, and that she was threatened that if she complained about it, uh, she would be fired. She also claimed that she was supposed to be hit with a flimsy fake guitar, but instead was hit with a real guitar which opened up a cut on her head, and that the company wouldn't allow her to go to the hospital, and instead superglued the cut shut. Is it too much to assume or suggest that the case of being groped up was possibly Pat Patterson and mistaken identity? I think so. In what may not be... Um, Steve Lombardi was the person who was blamed for this. Deflection. Pure deflection. <laughs> They're getting close to his secret. <laughs> I am a man! <laughs> Lots of speculation this week that Randy Savage isn't long for WCW. Uh, the Torch reports that the top locker room forces are somewhat united in making Randy Savage the designated scapegoat for the locker room political disruptions. Uh, Savage may not be used by WCW until his contract expires in January, at which point it is expected that he'll sign with the WWF. <laughs> yeah, new one. Jim Ross, though, reported on the WWF website that it might be wrong to assume that the WWF would welcome back Randy Savage. I so, wonder uh, why. Who knows? Mm. But uh, yeah, so Randy Savage, the designated scapegoat. When you look at the, you know, no, there's no Bischoff anymore. You got Nash, mm. Sullivan, Dusty. Blame Savage. I'm just surprised they didn't put it at like Flair's door or yeah. well, no, Brett. Uh, Brett's been back a couple of weeks. Dusty probably wouldn't pin it entirely on Flair. I know they sort of have a love hate relationship, but I'm sure Dusty had a list of people he'd probably get to before Flair. Um, Mike Graham still blames Revolution. So there's <laughs> that. Um, of course, the, the, sort of the crux of the whole story there is Savage is going to be made the designated scapegoat by not being used for the next four months and being sent home with full pay. <laughs> I'll show him. <laughs> <laughs> Think about what you've done. Hall and Nash should be back on TV before the next pay-per-view, allegedly. They are floating a rumour where they want to go to Japan and win the IWGP tag team titles and come back with the belts, but it's highly unlikely that this scenario will take place. They want to be outsiders, apparently. That's the idea. I just thought, was there some kind of beer festival in Tokyo? <laughs> Saki. Saki. Saki festival. Yeah. Um, the motives here. Well, at this point, how long has Nash been off TV? Road wild. So we're about... If we're getting about that six-week ratio... Yeah. You know, Vince and all that, you know. That's, that's we're getting right. in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. About Retirement there. forever. It's, it's longer than Terry Funk lasts. September 20th, it's Raw and Nitro, head to head. The show opens with Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero beating Rey Mysterio Jr. and Billy Kidman in a beautiful match. I love this. Crowd's into it. Uh, I love Hoovy. Heal Hoovy, heal Juice. Even with Psychosis, the duo together, I quite like. Um, after the match, Guerrero and Conan. I, I didn't like this so much. Guerrero and Conan just come down and beat the fuck out of Psychosis and Hoovy. Like, the faces beating up the heels, four on two. Seems a little unfair. 
Um, are they faces because they were feuding with the revolution last week were they I got the impression it was at that, at that point it's sort of baby face baby face if anyone okay. counts Shane Douglas as a baby face and I personally <laughs> don't but. Uh, Psychosis then cut a promo in Spanish issuing a challenge to Kidman and talked about his mask in passing um, Chavo Jr. then as a trans- Chavo Jr. kind of like came in and like Eddie's trying to separate Chavo from the, the rest of the animals and Chavo shoves him too He's kind of on the side of uh, of Hoovy and uh, Psychosis. Acts as translator, saying he's got this, saying that Psychosis will put up his mask next week in a match against Billy Kidman's hair, which Psychosis then was mad about, because that's not what he said. But uh, Charlie just said, I got this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's in the bag. So Kidman accepts. There you go. You got your match for next week. Yeah. Kidman Psychosis. Luchador wants to lose his mask, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mask v hair. Mm. Have we? Are we not already... <clears throat> Have we not already seen him without the mask at this stage? I don't think so. No. Okay. No. Uh, this match had quite a lot of heat, actually, and, and I thought the, uh, this kind of worked as an opening to the show. But again, good crowd. Um, we then move now to probably the peak of excitement all month long. Bill Goldberg beats Brian Nobbs. This had as much heat as anything I've seen on a WCW show in fucking ages. The crowd's going crazy for Goldberg anyway, and Nobbs just pillars him with like five chair shots, two to the head, and protected to start the match. Goldberg just fucking spears him to death. Jackhammer, lovely. Yeah, outside of the unprotected chair shots, fantastic. Yeah. Exactly uh, how you should treat that slug. An amazing spectacle. Then Goldberg takes the mic and uh, challenges Sid for a match at Halloween Havoc. Crowd loved it. They did. They loved it. Originally, this was going to be held off a Starcade, but. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe this is part of that long-term plan that we were talking about in previous previous uh, notes. Baby steps. Three weeks first. Well, I thought, you know what? We can do this long-term planning, but we can do it quicker. <laughs> Surely that's... I reckon that was Nash's suggestion to open the meeting. Bring the meeting together. Yeah, I could see it. Man, it's just so obvious that Goldberg's the guy. It's fucking infuriating. This whole company at God, this point. God, Goldberg Sting is the way to go. Yeah. 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 Starkey, Goldberg and Sting. Oh, that would have been great. Wait a minute, but what about Hogan? Fuck Hogan. Oh. <laughs> you can have Sid. Wow. Oh. I do think through this, this it, it is like Sid's like the only guy Hogan will job to because he's big. He's tall. And he'll yeah. beat him back. And like, yeah. That's got to no be there somewhere. There's no threat at all. Um, yeah, so after this, uh, Flair challenges Sting for a match. Uh, but Benoit said that he had a contract for a tight match with Sting and he wasn't giving it up. Fans didn't seem to like that too much as uh, Benoit tried to kind of outplay Flair. Sting then pinned Chris Benoit in 15 minutes. Weird match because it didn't seem... This is the first time seeing Sting in a single since the heel turn. And uh, they, I mean, they kind of got into it. Benoit, when he hits the flying head, but they kind of get into that near the end. And then when he gets a crossface on, I think they actually kind of buy that he's got a chance, which is quite encouraging. Um, but this is weird seeing Sting in this role where he's not really playing heel. He's just kind of on offense, but he's not really a heel. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think of this match? Yeah. He's, uh, um. This might sound slightly random. I'm wondering if because Sting at some point is off. He finds God, doesn't he? Uh, I think he already has by this point. And I wonder if it's if in the it, match. <laughs> well, Vince did under the ring. Vince did a few <laughs> years later. Maybe Vampiro tipped him off. Maybe. <laughs> um. And I, 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 I don't mean this to sound, sound church. I just wonder if it, if it's one of those sort of, you know, those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
don't really want to commit to being the bad guy because I'm not the bad guy and it's I'm trying to be good you know maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being a bit too out there with the thinking I don't just, think it's that far just, off just, just a hypothesis I don't think it's that far off I totally agree it's like he's he, he's been there he's seen what's happened to these guys the last three months and he's gonna, he'll flip back eventually because mm-hmm. that's what happens because yeah. he'll get cheers so they'll just turn him anyway he just talked about the USA today last month there you go. Fucking, they just changed everything anyway so he knows so just let's try and play it a bit neutral uh, if the opportunity to get some heat slash shine on myself depends how you look at it then to look good I'll do it that's a bonus other than that more, a bit cash more, in a bit, more, a bit more focus than you would get as part of the baby face um, click so let's mm-hmm. make sure they're going to buy those t-shirts yep regardless Lugas shows up hits Benoit with the bat and the referee recovers to count the pin uh, Flair ran in for the save but DDP laid him out with a diamond cutter Flair, second week in a row, laid out. Welcome back to the company, we missed you. Bearing in mind the first week was in the Carolinas. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, the one saving grace there, I suppose, is that they've protected Benoit. Well, yeah, I suppose. In a sense, yeah. which might have meant something had he not lost clean to Sid. And after DDP lays out Ric Flair, and of course Benoit's getting kicked around as well, Hogan saves the day. Oh, God. Thank God Hogan was here. Barely able to walk Hogan. I know. He's hobbling so bad after the, the dodgy, the bum knee. Yeah. Nauseating this is. Yeah. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't it be Benoit making the save? For... You'd have thought so. The young Tyro with all the piss and vinegar and energy and yeah, he should be... Ready uh, to fucking fight these guys. Maybe, uh, yeah. Put a little for God's sake, light maybe, on him, boy. Maybe even, up, dare I say, have the revolution run in. Oh. No. Well, you saw oh, Malenko. No. We saw Malenko wasn't going to do anything against Vic Stein. What do he's going to do against exactly. fucking... Stingmon. Stingmon's the champ. Kill him with his death stare. Yeah. Um, Perry Saturn pins Eddie Guerrero in a rematch from last week, another good match, when Shane Douglas KOs Eddie Guerrero with a chain. Uh, Saturn yelled at Douglas because he didn't want the outside interference, but Douglas basically told him it's business and he should take the win. Yeah. There you go. Probably right. Just win, baby. Just yeah. win, baby. Dare I say I agree with the French fries. Gene interviewed Hulk Hogan, calling him the People's Champion. Oh my fucking god! And what was the reaction? Boo! <laughs> well, he I'm surprised it wasn't a Rocky chant. That'd have been so, yeah. so beautiful. Well, he is the wood. He is the wood. Yeah, yeah. isn't he just dead wood? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Really no, be great if, if they the crowd had started chanting Rocky, Shivani covering up saying they're chanting Hogan would have been a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. And such as his lack of incredibility, you could imagine doing it. Oh, he? he would totally oh, yeah. do it without a shadow. Shame, shamelessly. He didn't. Oh, they're going crazy, aren't they, Tony? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So who no, would have been, been? Shivani would have been. Shivani would have been. They love this guy. What a hero. Yeah. And then Heenan would have said something sarcastic like. Yeah. They certainly love someone. <laughs> or, yep, they love that guy they're chatting for. He was just something like that. Yeah. So Hogan in this promo is talking about a six-man tag for next week, which is going to be him, Brett, and Ric Flair, those two pals from the years past. Super friends. Why is Hogan teaming with Flair? I have no idea. Why is no Hogan idea. teaming with Flair? He turned on him previously. They were And then he war. turned on his mate. Uh, they, uh, he whipped his son. <laughs> he left him in the desert five months earlier. Maybe a bit longer than five months, but still, left him in the desert. I can't, I can't handle it. I can't handle how really... Flair hit Flair hit him with a tire iron to win the belt. They wrestled in a steel cage which had barbed wire involved. It's kind of like you've turned onto into a parallel universe. It is. It's the same actors, but they're playing different roles for no reason. It's just changed, and it's like, what the fuck have I missed? Because 
there's no semblance of there's, there's no foundation grounded no. to like what this company is Not to the fans it's like well I mean why does it's, it's DDP I suppose so why should we really care but why does why is DDP weeks prior teaming with Rick Steiner when his brother pushed <laughs> his wife out of a moving vehicle <laughs> oh god <laughs> Against, of course, DDP Sting and Luke, which is going to be the six-man tag main event next week. Uh, speaking of, Scott Steiner returns, by the way, and is doing a pretty... Rick Steiner calls out his brother. Does a good promo, and of course, who the fuck does he talk about? Hogan. Because everyone has to talk about fucking Hulk Hogan all the time. This is getting unbearable. 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 Getting in the main event, Diamond Dallas Page versus Ric Flair. Uh, Flair gets the figure four on in the middle of the ring when Sting runs in surprise um, Flair then puts Sting in the figure four when Luger hit him with the bat uh, Hogan tried to make the save but Sting hit him in the knee w- uh, with the bat and the show ended with leaving Flair and Hogan laying uh, so there you go that is three times now that Rick Flair has been laid out in segments <laughs> since his return and he can't, he can't even beat DDP he can't even beat Dallas Pom Pilot said he couldn't do a job nope <sighs> Over on Raw. It's, it's, sorry, just quickly. Go ahead, please. It's just there, there are people who, you know, you look at and think, yeah, he kind of got a bad rap. There's a bit of revisionism around some people. And as you go through the timeline, you think, God, no, no, DDP's a prick. <laughs> Rick Stein is more of a prick than I remember. <laughs> We should do a okay. list. When just, this is finished. You know, who came out better than we thought, and who came out worse than we thought when we started? The lo- the list is long for me. Oh, with many a winding turn. Indeed. Over <laughs> on Raw, uh, September twentieth. We're in Texas, and there's still no Shawn Michaels. Vincent Man comes out and drops the title. There you go. What about doing the right thing? What about the linear prestige of the title that meant Bret Hart had to lose in Montreal? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Hey, he's doing it in the ring. Why is he not doing the thing down for the business that made him? The explanation, of course, <laughs> is that Vince is a man of his word. And in, the last, he, in the last week. And that when he signed the contract saying he had to stay out of WWF business, he meant it. And therefore he was vacating the belt because he's leaving. At least they're referencing the previous angle. Then Steve Austin comes out and says, in the fine print, he could choose to void the contract. And allow Vince to run the company again. I love this. The typical, the typical Russo gimmick. Oh, but in the fine print. <laughs> I know we haven't discussed this at all at any point during our feud at all the build to this match. But it's convenient now. But right now, it seems like a pertinent point to raise. <laughs> yeah, Vince said he liked nothing better, and Austin let him back in. Now the logic gets a little complicated here on many fronts. So uh, there's no logic internal logic here if Vince was now out of that contract why shouldn't he defend the title he's already dropped it oh damn it <laughs> once that's, you declare it you can't take it yeah that, that's the fine fine print yeah, yeah. Okay. is that also well, and also he, he Austin gives him his job under the proviso that he's getting his title shot so obviously Vince wouldn't want to fight Austin so that, yeah. that's an extra little yeah then Vince says he's putting Triple H and not Steve Austin in the six pack match because everyone hates Triple H and he wanted to see him get beaten up but Austin can be the ref mm. Austin is they, they do say that Austin will get shot against the winner so I guess there you go Vince and Austin eight, being friends eight, and doing favours for each other I, I mean 
I don't think it's as bad maybe as it reads because it is Austin it is all it's actually the, the, the turn basically the premise of the turn in two years time it's, it's uh, Austin wants the belt and once he shot the title Vince says he'll give it to him so fine fuck it why not he yeah. got that shot of the belt without Vince would he though well Vince has, Vince has already dropped the belt before Austin brings him back Linda McMahon is going to give Steve Austin a title shot that's she's what she established she, she, last she, week. Do you know what And in the past, she's given her quarter and Stephanie's quarter of the companies to Steve Austin. What did Steve Austin do that half? He lost it. He, he lost it in the briefcase match. match. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it was never explained who was lifting the briefcase. And, and, and Linda well, got her company back. Well, that was obviously and, and, and Linda and Stephanie got their shares of the company back with that explanation. Oh, that's good. Well, he's give back to Steve. <laughs> 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 Mankind was getting a beating in the boiler room for Midian Visser in the big show when The Rock made the save. I don't know why, but I found, found this hilarious. I don't know why, just Rock fighting these fucking fat losers. <laughs> like, I just thought this was amazing. Like, what this are you is, doing? This is charity, Rock. This is. Chris Jericho beats Billy Gunn with the walls of Jericho thanks to the Mr. Hughes. I thought that was a minor miracle. Yeah. And speaking of how. Who did Billy piss off? I know. Jericho? Of all the people, you have to do the job for Jericho? Yeah. Mm. Speaking of those super tough McMahons, Test and Stephanie Von Erich, uh, as Meltzer writes here, beat Jeff, Jarrett and Deborah when Test gave Jarrett an elbow off the top rope and Stephanie gets the pin. Uh, who, sorry, who was this match again? It was Test and Steph versus yeah. Jarrett and Deborah. Mixed tag. Test does all the work. Yeah. Steph gets the pin. Yeah, I wonder, it's almost as if, you know, if you think back to sort of territory days, it's as if Jarrett's maybe on his way out and he's doing some jobs on the way out, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, he's, still got, he's still got a belt now, so... It's not gonna... I don't think that's the case. Uh, I've seen this stuff a million times when the promoter and his family become TV stars and it's never good, says Dave. In this case, they spent a month building up Deborah to finally blow her cool with Jarrett and help China win the IC title, and they blow it off by having Stephanie pin Jarrett one week before the match with China. Uh, Jarrett blamed it all on Deborah and put her in the figure four after the match. So there you go. It's actually been a recurring theme where he puts uh, Lillian Garcia in the figure four the week before as well. I did. Oh, yeah. I, did I did like this gimmick. Oh, me too. Because it's the way he snaps. Yeah, it's actually. I think he's great in it. It's, it's, got, it's almost like some kind of psychological tick where if a woman's down, he's just he can't help himself. But <laughs> slap on a figure four and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, so I quite quite I got quite a kick out of his little yeah. run here. But see, like I said, he's. Uh, He's, he's, he's quite vicious he lays it in yeah. so it looks really good it's when May Young and Moolah the next oh, week oh May Young and Moolah yeah. on Smackdown they get fucking destroyed and uh, yeah he's pretty good but um, yeah so anyway after that whole um, setup with the boiler room fight earlier in the show Mankind and Rock are challenged by Big Show and Undertaker in a dark side rules match in which the Undertaker does no work <laughs> And it's a handicap match for the belts with Midian, Viscera, and Big Show defending the Undertaker's tag team titles against uh, Rock and Mankind. Yeah, obvs. All right. The why, why, why are Midian and Viscera aligned with them? Because the corporate ministry's disbanded. They're, they're kind of like fans, I guess. Yeah, it's just Taker Marks, I guess. Yeah, Taker Marks. That's all I can say. What, what's his What's his crew called? He has uh, a name for him. Bad Street. Oh, that one in, the one in sort of 95. Oh, the BSKs. BSKs. Yeah. The Bone Street Crew. Bone <laughs> Street Crew. Fuck you, you pussy. I've <laughs> <laughs> you shadow boxing, you prick. Yeah. Uh, the lights go out. Kane comes out. And The Undertaker says how Kane was going to show that blood is thicker than water. 
But Kane clotheslined the Big Show from off the top rope and then out of the ring. In the ring, The Rock pinned Midian with a people's elbow to win Big Show and take his tag team titles. What the fuck is Rock doing with these people? <laughs> He's milling around. It's just, you know, it's like a, a, to a lesser extent, the sort of the Goldberg treatment on WCW. Let's just have him fuck around with the nobodies when really we should be focusing on him a hell of a lot more. It's not quite as good as the Goldberg treatment because, you know, Goldberg is really all they have. Yeah, and he was ruined. <laughs> as Rock survived this. Yeah. Undertaker came out and did another promo on Kane afterwards. Uh, Kane came out and was getting jumped by Big Show, Million and Viscera, who poured gasoline on him and they whipped out a blowtorch to set him on fire. It was excessive. <laughs> it seemed excessive. A match would have done. Yeah. <laughs> Mankind and Rock made the save with baseball bats. Then they realised they've still got to light the fucking blowtorch. Yeah. Yeah! Rework! He's just, he's just standing there with a blowtorch! Taker looking at him, yeah, thumb up his ass. Yeah. Was, was Taker supposed to be surprised by this? Mm. Bearing in mind, Kane had chokeslammed him, but what, four or five weeks earlier in the, the build up to the SummerSlam match? Yeah, I don't know. That was weeks ago, mate. <laughs> Stop living in the past, guys. Living the now. Yeah, living the now. Also on this show, get a load of this. Boss Man pissed on Pepper's grave. Val Venus swapped Steve Blackman's weapons for sex toys, and D'Lo Brown attacked Mark Henry in a strip club. Attitude, folks. Attitude. Get it? <laughs> and in the main event, Shane left the dressing room where Vince was, and suddenly there was a forklift, and Vince couldn't come out for his planned tag match. So Test and Shane teamed up to wrestle Triple H in China. Oh, Triple bad. H did another promo and got fucking no heat again. This was... What? what he's lost to Vince? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And this was what Triple H and Tess worked together. Oh boy! This was like oh the first spot, the first spot with the three of them. They fought the spot. They, oh god! It, it, Tess lo just looks terrible in this match. Um, Could he have picked the worst guy to have a bad match with? Exactly. Like? And it's like there's no way, there's no way you're gonna let to be what you think you're gonna be, Sunshine. No, no but, chance. And, and if you didn't believe that, the fucking finish of this match would tell you everything you need to know. Because Jeff Jarrett comes out and attacks Tess. And China uh, ends up chasing Jarrett to the back, leaving Triple H with both Test and Shane. And guess what happens? Triple H punches the referee for the DQ, pedigrees Test, pedigrees Shane, destroys them both with chairs on his own. Because he's a top guy. Well, because that's rehab him after dropping the title to Vince. Indeed. However, the show then ends with Vince having broken out of the locker room and hits Triple H with a chair and is standing over and giving the fucking Austin Jack as the show comes to a close. And where's, where's Steve? Uh... <laughs> Where's Steve? Uh... Well, he after he after he was told that it was in the you know he told Vince it was in the fine print he get his company back he was told to get his title shot and he just said fuck it works sir well yeah nothing else for me to do today so Steve's gone for the rest of the night and the Rock's milling around with fucking Midian that's right test in the main events. Well, Vince is the baby star so yes he is Vince, Vince is now the top baby star. Raw did a 6.0 this week to Nitro's 3.1. The big story of the ratings was the Ric Flair, Diamond Dallas Page main events doing a shocking 1.7. Fucking hell. <laughs> Carl, Carl can barely contain himself. Are you breathe, okay? Breathe, Carl, please. <laughs> a 1.7 a 1.7 for the main events the lowest rated segment on a Nitro in many years and the lowest rated Nitro main event in the history of the show 
But it's Randy Savage's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Raw. Only Bobby <laughs> Bishop's at home thinking, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, hey, fuck. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> hey, Mike, what do those quarter hours look like? Yeah. Raw only did a 6.65 for the Triple H China versus Shane and Test match. So it wasn't like Raw blew them away. <laughs> what are you talking about? They beat them by five points! That's not even. They beat, they beat them by five points, but if you look at it in the just in terms of the volume and numbers, it just a lot of people just switched off. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Um, the result and lack of explanation left people shaking their heads, particularly since Flair's interview in the unopposed hour did a 4.6 quarter. Raw peaked with a 6.6 for Tess and Steph versus Jarrett and Deborah. In the UK. <laughs> Don't see. Nitro beat Raw again. 330,000. Their numbers are climbing. <laughs> 330,000 to 300,000 for Raw. If you're out uh, there, folks. If you're out there. Yeah, I mean this sincerely. Yeah, I, I, I want to... I want some Twitter responses to this. Old Man Jones 85. Uh, Old Man Jones 85. If you're one of the people watching Nitro at this stage instead of Raw, on, honest to God, yeah. genuinely, just tell us why. We won't even rip you. I, I, I want to know. No, I genuinely I, am interested yeah, to I, know. I'm morbidly curious. The only thing I can ponder is this is the period where Worldwide was on Channel 5. So I'm wondering if some people had been kind of enticed. How the hell would that entice anyone? Even oh, that, that show sucks. I know, I know. I'm reaching. I'm that, reaching. That should drive numbers. That... There was one Friday where I had a power cutter. <laughs> was there? Was a Millwall game on or something like that that distracted from the draft fans? I just. It was on earlier on on TNT than it would have been on Sky. Cartoon Network would finish and then TNT, TNT. which was just the, the Turner right, Classic yes. movies over here, would start. Oh, for cotton. the month of, for the month of September in this country. Is it kids then? Kids. Why, why, why now and not before? Why this month? Yeah, because they weren't, they weren't winning before. <laughs> no, for for the month of September, maybe Dexter's laboratory got over particularly big, <laughs> and that's the lead-in. It's all about the lead-in. That was a yeah. With John, yes. Well, Johnny, Johnny Bravo, Johnny Bravo, Bravo. Cow, cow and Chicken. They were they were fine shows. Um, Johnny Bravo was. Johnny, yeah, Johnny Bravo. <laughs> um, Nitros won every week in September over here. Every so far they have, yeah. That's just galling. <laughs> it's got to be Johnny Bravo. It's got to be Johnny Bravo, that's all I can think. Right now, things are very strange in WCW, as many are trying to... What do you mean, that right now? <laughs> things are very strange in WCW, as many are trying to politic and struggle for power. It's an interesting game, because so many want power, and different alliances are being formed, and nobody can predict how it will eventually shake out. Nash, in particular... My boy Nash is going back to the same people he reached out to last year as their saviour in the wake of all the frustration with Hogan's never-ending push before he basically did the worst job of booking in history. Nash blamed his lack of success on the fact that Bischoff would get involved and it was always forced to push Hogan and wasn't allowed to push the younger wrestlers and promised that he'd push him now. However, with Bischoff not around, the push of Hogan continued, which caused him to lose some credibility. Nash did come up with a psychosis angle on Nitro, which earned him some favour from that crew. Uh, Hogan seems quite serious about wanting more power. Bret Hart wants input, feeling he at least understands how to book angles that make sense, and Ric Flair sees this as his chance to gain power as well. WCW. They all want In a nutshell. They all want the book. None of them know what the fuck they're going to do when they get it. They do, they're going to push themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Flair will soon cut dusty off. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just a couple of quick notes here from the uh, September 23rd episode of SmackDown. Because the New Age Outlaws reform, with no explanation whatsoever, and win the tag team titles on their first try against Rock and Mankind when Billy Gunn pins Mankind. Bear in mind, I wasn't watching SmackDown during this. The, I didn't watch SmackDown uh, to, as, we, as I rewatched these shows. I was very confused when I started watching the next week's Raw and the Outlaws come out as tag champs. And it's worth noting too that Smackdown wasn't aired in the UK during this period, the first four months well, of no the show. Well, no one would have watched no. it anyway. We, we had no fucking... Yeah, no, because they'd all be watching Johnny Bravo. we watching Thunder, so yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, again, I understand that uh, as viewers at the time, this was quite jarring to watch because we had no Smackdown. So, the New Age Outlaws are back. They didn't even give an explanation when they did it. They actually outright asked... What's the story with this? Literally, Billy said, suck it to Triple H for the week. Yeah. Um, Road Dogg just brings him back. They do the, the whole spiel. Mankind looks terrible in this match. Why is The Rock fucking around with the Outlaws? He's back wrestling Billy Gunn. Losing. <laughs> Mankind. Taking a pin off Mr. Ass. How many title changes have we had this month? Or just for the tag belts alone? They only won them the other day. <laughs> they, they, they went back again the other yeah, day. Yeah, they went back again. They, 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 they already lost. They... they, they Bear in mind, on the, last, the Outlaws on, beat Midian on, the, on the last timeline, they beat Big Show and Taker. Fucking hell. They then lost them back to Big Show and Taker in that buried live match. Mm. To then win them back on that Raw in the handicap match, to now lose them on SmackDown. That's four. Yeah. Four in about five weeks. And if excess wasn't the key, this is also the same SmackDown where Triple H wrestles five times Jesus. against different opponents uh, to tease whether or not he's going to make it to the six-pack challenge. And, and I thought I was sick of all the Sid runnings on Nitro. Five Triple H matches. Uh, this is the same show when uh, it's supposed to be Taker versus Triple H in a casket match, and when Taker refuses to wrestle, Vince says that if you don't do it, you'll leave. You have to leave. And Taker says, all right. He walks out. Walks off, and we don't see him again. Is that what it was? That's ah. it. We don't see him again until next May. Yeah. That's it for Taker. Injuries, torn groin, uh, and just and I think he gets another injury while he's out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And actually, in his replacement match, believe it or not, Midian and Viscera beat Triple H. Oh, my God. In a casket match. Because they, because he couldn't fit them both in the casket. Oh my fucking god! God, they're really heating this, this guy was, back. They're they, heating this guy back up, aren't they? He splashed him and he fucking put him in the casket. Big this. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. So the, the, neither company deserves any sympathy for anything, do they? <laughs> it's just not this month. They don't. And and given the numbers at this point, we're beyond calling it a war. It's basically a squabble. Between two neighbours, one's got the much bigger house. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's all going to be okay, everybody, because there are more WCW cuts from the roster this week. Uh, cut from their contracts. High paying, I'm sure. James Vandenberg, the sinister minister. He was still employed. He was still there. He hadn't been seen since... Mortis. Since can yeah, Mortis turned into Canyon. Yeah. Was this before that after was... he did Dawson's Creek? <laughs> as Vanderbeek. Oh. <laughs> and his WCW life certainly over. Hey. <laughs> Ultimo Dragon, who just one month before was praised for being, uh, they kept him under contract after a WCW, WCW surgeon fucked up his elbow and made it so he couldn't return. Fired. Ultimo so Dragon. Hadn't been seen since Slamboree of 98. <laughs> 
Public Enemy. Slammer Eve 98. That's May 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Public Enemy fired after they refused to do a job for Sid or complained about doing a job for Sid. Fired. Sick Boy. Insane Clown Posse are gone. Are gone. They're gone. For, for now. Oh. For now. Just, just a quick point on, on Insane Clown Posse because I didn't mention it earlier. The fucking brass neck of those two. <laughs> to think they're too big to take a stunner from Steve Austin but they take DDTs from Lenny and Lodi <laughs> that's what they deserve I know it's what they deserve <laughs> yeah that's called karma also fired Mike Enos hey he's gone at last he's, he's gone, gone at last get your ass back to Shaker Heights <laughs> and Scott Norton Scott Norton, another one of Bischoff's boys. Scott Norton was, on, was one of the 750k crew, wasn't he? $800,000 per year. Fucking Christ. A WCW memo that uh, lists these, uh, thanks to Chris Harrington, says, With these cuts, we are currently $5.6 million over budget for 1999. So bear that in mind, on projections at this stage, they managed to claw some money back. So it looks About like a million. so it looks like they'll be below that six million figure. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be good for morale that well. Yeah. yeah. It's not nineteen ninety three, everyone. Yeah. Uh moving along now. Sunday night, September twenty sixth, it's WWF Unforgiven. Fifteen thousand seven hundred and seventy nine fans not a sellout in the building, and not point eight five buy rate for three hundred and twenty thousand buys. Uh, again, amazing what happens when you don't really advertise much of a main event. Not an impressive number. Triple H still, leaves. Still three times WCWs. Well, yes. Triple H leaves as champion again. Mm, yeah. uh, Steve Austin, who did color commentary for most of the match, got physical in the finish, beating up some referees, uh, counting the pinfall uh, of Helmsley over the rock, largely due to a chair shot from Davy Boy. Um, the yes, the rock got pinned in a six, six man match. Man in the match. Triple H. Rock was the one that was Rock. The Bulldog. Kane, Mankind, and Big Show. Foley, who they're happy to have job out to Billy Gunn, but he can't take the fall here. The Rock had to take the pin. Why the hell would you put Bulldog in this match to do anything other than take than the lose? Pin. Yeah. I laugh my ass off at this. Just because, for all the fucking TV time for Bulldog gets, why is Chris Jericho not in that position? Think about it. I don't, what I, does I don't, Bulldog I don't, have? I don't, I don't have a good explanation. Uh, so wait, to piss I? off Brett. Yeah, I guess. I don't think Triple H would like, like someone with that blonde hair working off, as it me? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, bear in mind, this is all against the backdrop of the scab referees, which is about the only thing they've managed to put thought <sighs> into on this show. Yeah. The, um, also, so, don't forget the incident where Chaz gets kicked out of the locker room for being a wife beater. Yeah, apparently. The... Um, Jericho to me at this point seemed really. Meanwhile, nice. Jeff Jarrett doing a wife beat wouldn't be at the same time. Yeah, yeah sorry. So you got yeah. Um, Jericho feels really out of place. At this he's point. fucked. Yeah, he's, he's fucked at this point. Very much so. Yeah, he's he's totally out of place. Um, he's uh, well, come to it. As a show, this stunk. <laughs> um, I do like at the finish. There's the one spot when, when Austin's in the ring refing, and Rock gets a near fall on. I can't remember what move it is. It might be the elbow, I can't remember. But he gets a super, super close near fall, and the people pierce their pants. And Austin has to jump up and say, No, two, yes, two, yeah. two. And everyone goes crazy. Finish, Dave Boy hits Rock with the chair into the pedigree. Austin grabs the chair, fucking wallops Bulldog right on the head. 
and uh, and there you go. There's your finish. Um, also on this show, however, the kennel from hell. Oh my god! Al Snow, Bossman, Steel Cage, Hell in a Cell on the top, Rottweilers roaming around between. A mess. A mess. As Jerry Lawler laughs at the fact that a dog pissed on the cage to start it off. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing laughable about this. And this is terrible. These Rottweilers look so bloody cute. You just want to, <laughs> you just want to cuddle them and ride on the back of them like you, you can do with Rottweilers, and it, and then yeah, just the worst. Yeah, this is really horrific. Did this get cut from the like some some, did some elements of the Rottweilers activity get cut from the network? I wonder. It's having sex, don't, don't they? I don't know because I I did, I have the old VHS copy. Okay, you might have to go back and check. Because I remember watching this match and the dog pisses on the cage. I'm sure at one yeah. point you see dog poo. The dog poo. Yeah. The dog yeah. poo. And then there is one. Oh, no, there's a humping phase. There's a dog fucking on people. Which is just. Gay rock violence, what are the odds? Yeah. Well, we did see people's asses in the crowd at Spring Stampede. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, it's not to the great, the great Mick Foley, Kevin Kelly commentary piece on one of his DVDs. He says, "What if the dogs breed and then the Rottweilers multiply and spill over the cage?" <laughs> what if Mick? Oh, who, who knew their sperm was so, uh, so quick acting? <laughs> well, the match felt like it was going from fucking forever anyway. Um. <laughs> so long <laughs> it didn't go that long didn't it not? it wasn't that no. long they were just, no, just fucking around. they were just yeah. standing walking around yeah. boss man just trying to cut the cage open yeah, casually but yeah oh my god I mean we, we'd already experienced a terrible boss man cage slash cell match earlier in the year mm. you know once bitten twice shot I'll take her take her and big yeah. boss man in the uh, yeah mania um <laughs> meaningless yeah the restaurant strike like you say meaningless stuff Steve Blackman loses to Val Venus and then the fucking security guy tackles him, takes him down. Yeah, big Jim. Big Jim, Jim Dotson. Another, another prick with a fucking back to front kangol. Yeah. What is wrong with you? You're grown, man. Act like it. Dress like it. It's just a piss poor show that the crowd do not care about in the oh, slightest. Dudley's acolytes goes on forever. Until you get to bits involving Austin and Rock, funnily enough. Ken Shamrock was replaced by X-Pac on the show against Chris Jericho. Ken's injury has been diagnosed as a slipped disc in the cervical cord, which is putting pressure on the spine. Uh, the doctors have talked of therapy through use of traction in a worst-case scenario of surgery. The neck got stiff as the week went on and he wanted an MRI done, while the office pressured him to work the weekend house shows. He got his doctor to send a note saying he couldn't wrestle. Uh, to, to deal with that. What a bunch of fucking bricks. We have an editorial here. Triple H has been heavily criticised. Does, does sound very quickly, oh, sorry. Although, although that sounds really harsh, given the shit that's happening on the other channel with those guys and the stuff that's starting to happen on your show, yeah. at least they are going to make a stand at some point. So I kind of get... Hey, send a doctor's note before you yeah, say Yeah, I get the kind of... Scepticism yeah. prior, prior to sort of medical evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Triple H has been heavily criticised as WWF champion in the few weeks he held the title as something of a DDP level champion. A good performer and hard worker, but one being pushed due to outside circumstances to a level above what he deserves. While the WWF product itself has remained hot, Helmsley, a strong interview and a good performer in the ring, has not garnered the heat one would think despite the company focusing on him as the main character on television for the past two months with Austin being injured. Yes, the focus has been on him, but he's... 
Holly been uh, made to look good with that focus. Yeah. I don't It's mixed at best. Poor job I thought was it. Yeah. For every bit where you've got him hitting Kane, well, yeah, he hit, he attacks Kane with a sledgehammer. He's so effective in it that Kane chokes on him at the end of the same show. Yeah. The champion. The champion backdoored his way into a title shot by breaking a commentator's arm. Who lost to the chairman of the company? There's who lost to Viscera and Midian? <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not really a hit list, is it? No, not, not exactly. We move to the next night. First, we'll kick it off with Nitro on September 27th. Uh, interesting little note here: referee Mark Curtis, uh, Brian Hildebrand, had died this month after a long battle with cancer. And as per his request, they actually burned his ashes in the Nitro Pyro to start this show. It's a, a funny little, well, funny, but interesting little uh, thing there that he wanted to do as his last wish was, uh, I suppose, go out on WCW television. God, I've never heard that story. Yeah, I've never heard it before. That's an interesting uh, one. Yeah. Foley talks about him in his, his book and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard the. He was cremated and that's. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, the show opened with. St- oh, fuck. They didn't cremate God. him in the pyro. I'm not suggesting that. But. What a way to go. Harvey in the, yeah. At this stage, I wouldn't have put it past some of the characters in that company. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sacrifice to the altar of Hogan. <laughs> Speaking of which, this show <laughs> opens with a bunch of fuck with Hogan with a bunch of the fucking kids. Oh my god, this is. Oh. <laughs> and if you weren't sickened before, this I don't. This guy just gets worse and worse. If you weren't sickened before, you weren't human. <laughs> this is a different standard of awful. Hey, you there in the shirt, brother. Looking cool. Look what fucking nerd Hogan is. This is. The, this is the one when Sting jumps him? Yeah, Sting's in the knee with a baseball bat. Hey, Hogan, can I have an autograph too? He sneaks up behind him. <laughs> Very convincing. Yeah. And then he whacks him in the knee. He whacks him in the knee and just leaves him there. What a tit. Sting's great. Sting is I fantastic. love Sting. Sting's great this month. And later on when like they, you know, they go and check in on him and stuff like that, and Sting's just there with his bat watching TV saying, well, I guess I'm going to have to go and finish the job, and he goes and gets him again. <laughs> Does he can just one smack in the knee next time? Yeah, yeah. yeah you Ernest Miller did an interview, <laughs> making it seem like Chris Benoit's upcoming match was just a stepping stone for him to get the big matches. Benoit then beat him with the crossface, <laughs> which I guess again, Ernest Miller, Bischoff's boy, uh, being put in his place, I suppose. How long the totem pole must he be though? <laughs> that he's being it. punished by having Benoit beat him. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Wow. I mean, at that point, you're lower than pond scum. <laughs> they teased the debut of a new mystery character as uh, Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan are talking, and uh, the, the the voice says, "Tony." Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, we then cut to like a, a promo showing like a mirror, not a mirror, like a window. It's like a window frame, saying that the darkness is coming to WCW. Not the band, <laughs> which you probably would expect, actually, considering their, their <laughs> this, fucking track record. At, at this point, can we be certain that it's not Glacier in another form? Uh, we can't be. We can't be sure of anything. Okay. He would take a new form as Coach Buzz Stern shortly after this. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the voice was Curtis Ikea. Is that what's his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was King Curtis. Yeah. King Curtis, yeah. Um, my assumption says Dave is that this is the beginning of a push for the return of Dustin Rhodes in a new weird character that is supposed to be a cross between Goldust and The Undertaker uh, they then followed that up with a vignette where they showed Liz at the funeral of Lex Luger who rose from the grave and was resurrected and the spotlight shone on him in the ring 
Lex Luger, you see, is dead and replaced with the total package. TP. <laughs> TP in the house. <laughs> All up in your area. Yeah, right. <laughs> the total package, baby. What did you think of this? I quite liked it. I, I, I didn't kick. The, the music's here now. I was getting a kick from Luger, so... As the lucky roll to Sting, I, d- I didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, it's still Luger-like, I don't really <laughs> see him. I don't want to see him do anything, but he was okay in this Look, one spot. Don't come back and wrestle, don't please. Wrestle. Stand there and do your flexing and then be a stooge. He's quite comedy, yeah, comedic in his stooging. Um, so the doctor's examining Hogan, like we said. Sting comes in and hits him again with the bat. This time he has to be taken out in an ambulance. My God. Unlike the usual pro wrestling methodology where you spend the whole show saying he's in hospital and not coming back, the announcers kept saying they knew he'd be back. Because <laughs> it's Hogan. You know he's not going to stay away. That's how fucking stupid this company is. If we tell him, if we tell him he's not coming back... They won't watch. They won't watch. That, actually, that's the fucking fucked up psychology of this show. Mm-hmm. If they did that, and they did a shit number, Hogan would say, it's because you told everyone I wasn't going to be there. Yeah. And then, so yeah, I love the, the switch. But, but Hogan, at this point, Hogan can't afford to take that gamble. There's a power vacuum within the company. He wants control because apparently you need more control than having Chris. complete control. <laughs> <Full complete. laughs> <laughs> what what level that what form that takes? I'm not entirely sure. Other than owning the company, perhaps. So if he takes that gamble, and the number goes up with the promise that he's not coming back which I think is plausible I think it's absolutely possible <laughs> but then you just say he'd just say they knew they knew yeah it was built around me interesting trope yeah, yeah. of course no, in, no, no loose situation for Hogan there that crafty bastard <laughs> son of a bitch yeah <laughs> Mysterio Jr. beats Dean Malenko in a uh, short but good match uh, they have, I think they have a better one at the start of October which we'll get to on the next episode of the timeline but not a bad, uh, bad little match here Goldberg took Sid's car keys. <laughs> the start of some marvellous work in the next couple of weeks. To be fair to Sid, he did know trouble was brewing from the start. He did. <laughs> Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> my keys! My keys. Yeah, no, it'll get worse. Yeah. David Flair tries to call Tory Wilson. Uh, as the show later revealed, Tory stood him up and was with Billy Kidman while the rest of the filthy animals laughed at David Flair in the background. As we all did. As we all did. Long overdue. She the told fact, David that she was stuck at the airport. The fact it was simulcast and he had like shots from both at the same time. Uh, God, yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor David. <laughs> There's a sense in it, <laughs> you say. Think about this, says Dave Meltzer. The WWF has spent time successfully promoting women who either can't do interviews to save their lives or have men's voices and a few who have both. Is that 99 or today? <laughs> and WCW can't figure out an angle to get Tory Wilson over. Mm. Tori Wilson, rather marketable lady. Mm. Yeah. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Rick Steiner beat Van Hammer. <laughs> Originally, this was booked to be Sid versus Hammer, but Sid showed up and said he couldn't wrestle because he was suffering from allergies. <laughs> <laughs> that won him a lot of brownie points. Oh, Bret Hart does a promo that just. God bless Brett, but this was not his finest work on this evening. Look, his heart's not in it, and frankly, I don't blame him. <laughs> Gene Oakland noted how Sting hit him with the bat last week. Hart remembered it was actually Lex Luger that hit him with the bat last week and called him Lex Luger, who's had a funeral on this show. Um, Hart also didn't bother selling Hulk Hogan's injury, which is nice. Flair came out and, and was just Ric Flair, but on the Ric Flair show. He also called him Lex Luger and said that tonight they'll do it, two on three, bring it on. We'll do it, Hitman. 
I think this might where he caused Flair the best of his best was best yeah, ever will be. be um, Kidman beats Psychosis in the mask versus hair match. Crowd was into this. Believe it or not, with the one week build, the crowd was into it. And there's a little bit of a, a jump ahead. Wouldn't you know it? This also did the best head to head quarter hour of the show, except for Goldberg. Mm, yeah. It shows you if you give these guys an angle, they can at least beat out the miserable ratings that everyone else is doing, says Meltzer. Yeah. You promise something and then present it the following week. And you deliver. <laughs> the main event is three on two. Uh, interesting little uh, walk towards the camera as we looked, talked about off screen. Ah, oh, this is like the, the sign of things to come as well. Production snafus with um, some, someone shouting, fuck, it's locked or something like that. And yeah, yeah, fuck, the door's <laughs> locked. Yeah. And then Paige walks up, getting the, getting the red light as he walks back into, into, into frame. Um, is uh, Luger just smokes in the background? Yeah, and Luger just does his Luger thing. So yes, yeah, n- n- nice, uh, yeah like, nice sign of things to come with these production snafus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more to come. Um, in the main event, Luger, wouldn't you know it, hits Flair with the bat for a DQ finish. Uh, David Flair runs in for the save, but Paige used the diamond cutter on him. Uh, Luger racks Flair, so he's laid out again. <laughs> Sting puts Week the, four. Sting puts the scorpion on Bret Hart, and Hulk Hogan limps to the ring and punches everybody out. They tried to use the baseball bat on him, but he got that away and cracked Luger and Sting. Sorry, Luger and Paige, but Sting escapes. It's like someone's taken the entire roster, started a brand new company and just repositioned people, mm-hmm. and decided Hogan's going to be the man again. Again, yeah. And then, in the final scene of the show, Sid realises that his star, his car has been stolen and crushed and ends the show jumping on it and screaming, Goldberg! 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 <laughs> this is great, though. This is when he gets the A. Does he do his car two weeks in a row? He does. It's two weeks in a row. Oh, it's the second week. Because the second week, that's yeah. when I'm like, I was having trouble yeah, watching the, it. The second week, yeah, it smarts him again. Uh, yeah. Remarkable for a man who has half a brain. <laughs> <laughs> Over on Raw, same day, September 27th, the show opens up with the referee's strike having been settled. They just kind of put that in there. That's over with. Yeah. Why was this... What is this... It was, angle? A, it was an unsafe working environment, if I remember right. Yeah, it was... Uh, I don't really know what the point was. Brought on apart by... Was it by the Triple H attack? It was the, 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 the five-man five battle royal. What was the reason behind it? What was happening in the... Was there an NBA ref strike or something like that? Oh, in the, in the wider scheme... Uh, what was the point in doing this? 99. So, no, the NBA were back from their lockout. I couldn't, I couldn't draw anything. I was actually looking for this. I couldn't find a thing. I, I can't, I can't think of a, a wider sports context for it now. Okay. They just—they seem to love using the word scab ref yeah. all the time this month. Yeah, I just put... To, for nothing. Why? No, no reason. They kind of settled it all. Okay. Triple H in China didn't need to start, and who comes out but that red-hot heel character, the British Bulldog, who claims they made a deal that if either of them won the match, they'd give the other one the title shot the next day on Raw. Triple H told the Bulldog that he lied. I think Triple H aspires to run a wrestling company one day, says Dave Meltzer. Wow. <laughs> this segment got surprisingly little heat, he adds. I don't know why, I was not surprised in the slightest. Bulldog, not over. Not over a lick. Not helping Trips again, if he's the one you got the stock in, or you know you have to, at least try. How about, I don't know. You, give, you basically just, we're trying to reheat you. So, after Unforgiven, here's a dead fish. <laughs> um, you know what would have been a great <laughs> first opponent for Triple H? If they hadn't fucked pack up 
and yeah. he had it so they put stock in him with the tag titles him and Kane so he's coming off a, a, a victory maybe Triple H could have cost Kane and then X-Pac he has like a two month little feud with Pac and Pac will make him look brilliant and he would um, and people would, would have might bought and that pro- probably could have worked for the se- sorry I'm, no, no, no. I'm just thinking that could probably work for the September show if you're basing it on the idea that Austin's not ready to come back and wrestle right. yet the idea was to hold him off till October 11 yeah they clearly didn't have faith in Triple H with anyone no. I, think I think that's the bigger picture if they didn't have faith with McCain they were, they were never going to think the, about the, that there's a lack of faith but we're not going to do you any favours at the same time no not at all um, Bulldog gets low blow by China and Triple H and China just beat him up and leave him laying um, the referees broke it up and Triple H came out and said that Triple H sorry Vince came out and said that Triple H would have to defend his belt tonight against The Rock that's right it's happening Triple H and The Rock Steve Austin still not getting his title match <laughs> probably not not too happy but again at least they brought that up they brought it up and Steve yeah. Austin is getting really pit- he's getting more and more pissed off he said I don't trust you I am going to beat the shit out of you if- he does warn him later doesn't he he does warn say yeah Vince I jumped out again no, but yeah he's, no because the week before he was having his suspicions yeah. and this week it's like this is the last line now <laughs> yeah, I've told you I will stomp a mud hole in your ass like never and before and just yeah brilliant, brilliant. yeah good stuff um, yeah so after that the big show wrestles Chris Jericho goes to a DQ in two minutes when Prince Albert who's doing commentary just runs in for no reason at all just like a top rope drop kick on the big show by the way which looks terrible but this again Nothing, nothing to this. As Jericho takes off, the Road Dog went after him. Uh, Road Dog attacked Curtis Hughes while Jericho ran off. Jericho says Melter is in danger of losing steam by the manner he's being booked inside the ring, and this segment didn't help. He's he's lost it. Yeah. What steam exactly? Exactly. Unforgiven. The crowd's too busy fucking looking at a fight in the stands, and they are looking at the pack. At this stage, my own shit produces more steam. Oh, Carl. <laughs> That's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah, so this, uh, late, like as we said later in the show, Austin is uh, is, is told he's uh, tells Vince that he's mad that he broke his promise. Uh, Vince pacifies Austin by saying he will be getting his shot at no mercy. Head view. So again, at least it makes sense. Yeah. So uh, uh, in terms of the Austin's integrity of his character, I'm alright with it. Yeah. He's, Austin is not getting. He smells a rat, but he's been okay. But he's 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 on, he's on board. Okay. See where you're going, Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Up next is. This is your life with mankind and the rock, a segment which goes on for fucking ages. Um, Too long. I'll let you all. I'll let you just spew what you think about this very famous segment. Mankind Good. hosting this thing for the rock. Rock standing unimpressed, <laughs> cutting him down at various points. The rock is exceptional in his role. That goes without saying. Mankind too. As as a, as a foil, yeah. Um, Chemistry between the two is awesome. But I just, I've never really cared for it. This segment, I just think it, it's, I think it's too long. It doesn't serve any purpose, really. <laughs> it, it it it's glorified filler. It doesn't lead to anything. It's not building to anything. And as great as Rock is, <laughs> there's probably a million and one things I'd rather see him doing. Yeah, but since though about a million of those million one things is usually him doing a job to someone. This is true. I'm okay. quite happy for him to spend 40 minutes killing time, but doing it in s- with such charisma. Yep. This, this, this ass on out. Man, when, it, when he, oh, yeah, when he, uh, 
He builds up slowly. The material is shit. It's nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, it, work, it works. It works because it's the rock. It's just it's just set up. In production snafu, the fucking they, they announce the woman's name and the different name pops up on the screen. Well, it's a teacher. It's the, it's an English teacher they advertise, and it's a yeah. home So they must have had a different joke lined up. Yeah. It's also it's just set up for him to do his his, his different lines, but he's got, uh, this guy just crud. Wow, shocking here, folks. You might not know this. He's got a lot of charisma, and he builds up. And this crowd is eating at the palm of his hand. They're, they are sitting through the bad shit and this absolute filler to listen to how the rock's going to respond. And at one point, they just it, 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 okay. Once he, he finishes one spiel, and then I think the crowd comes down, and then out of nowhere, they just start chanting Rocky because they're just enjoying the rock being the rock. Just exude this. Charisma to everyone, and when he gets the the, the girlfriend, and say, it's like he's got he's in full rock swing. You it's, cut the rock off. Yeah, you cut the rock off at second base, and then you know, and then it's one of sort of rock a hot steaming piece of that poontang pie. Yeah, Lord's 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 it. <laughs> like really, which is great because it's like proper laughter. So it's like, the crowd laughing similar to Jerry, but not as uh, as boisterous, and. <laughs> It's just this guy has got the fucking building in the palm of his hand. He's got the commentary team on the palm of his hand as a shoot. And it's like, you said there's no reason to it. The reason to was, get your shine back because you lost last night. Yeah. You're not winning the title later on. But you are a guy and we know if we give you 45 minutes of this shit. He didn't even talk about the world title. <laughs> but he looked like the biggest star. He looked like the most charismatic Apparently this went on like way longer than expected. This was kind of like... Like ten, fifteen, it went like thirty. Yeah. <laughs> this went way overboard. Well, it goes so long. He, like he brings someone out, and then you think, oh, it must be a different promo I'm thinking of because this has gone like twenty minutes, and they haven't got to the girl. The, the, must the girlfriend must be a different? Must be a different angle. Yeah. And then she comes out. Oh my god, this thing is never going to end. Yeah. And I know where it ends. <laughs> and then, then Yerple the clown comes. And then in. Yerple the clown gets it. And that's all. Foley doesn't like that. No. Yeah, you don't insult Yerple. And it just ends with Triple H coming out eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Meltzer says, Triple H came out with a sledgehammer and brought things to an uninspired ending. Well, there was a cake, so someone had to go in the cake. No one did. No one went in the cake. I know. Rock cake. Drop ball. Drop ball. Um, just, wouldn't it have been nice, though, if, if the, the high school coach that he brought out was actually the coach who managed Mr. Perfect in that <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a nice touch? I thought it was, momentarily. I thought mm-hmm. it might have been. Um, the Outlaws. That's right. We forgot then the New Age Outlaws are back together. Challenged anyone to a match. They teased it would be the Hollies, but it turned out to be X Pack and Kane. Uh, again, no story and explanation as to why uh, they're back together. They just are. Um, the Hollies ran in, predictably. Uh, Kane chokeslammed Bob and Pack did the Bronco Buster on Crash. After the match, X Pack and the Outlaws all posed together while Kane is looking very kind of sad and third wheelish behind them. Not even sure if that was by design or if they just. Uh, like the visual of these guys, DX guys back together, kind of. Uh, no, I'm sure it's by design. The, the fact Pat came out with his red DX gear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's where he's, he's trying to push for a new group here. Mm-hmm. Sick of getting beaten up on his own. Probably. GT- well, he was the weak link. The weak link, apparently. GTV, we're back. Val Venus picks up Mr. Rocco, the sock that Foley had given, uh, given the rock, and stuffs his crotch. So there you go, he's a stuffer. He's a phony after all. So Big Show's penis must be very small. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Finally, in your main event, The Rock beats Triple H by disqualification. A very good match. Triple H punches Earl Hebner and hits The Rock with a chair, but then starts goading Austin, who's on commentary. Austin runs in and 
God damn, Steve Austin's great. Just fucking decks him, hits him with a stunner, rockets to the rock bottom. People piss in their pants. They lie there forever. They're just basking in the fact that everyone's like, come on, Rock. You, yeah, it's there. A stunner on the rock bottom. No way. Rock finally crawls over. Earl Hebner with the slowest fucking count in human history. And on 2.99. The bulldog <laughs> in his fucking green shirt and jeans. It's, it's like we're being trolled at this point, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then, inexplicably, Bulldog then power slams Triple H to end the show to a symphony of silence. Isn't that that? Just not that. <laughs> Just like, I don't know, I was leaving it there for effect. Yeah. yeah. Bask in it, folks. That was the end of September 27th here on Raw. Um, the ratings are in. <gasps> Raw did one of its best numbers ever, a 6.8 to Nitro's 3.0. The biggest head-to-head margin in history. Uh, yeah, 3.8 deficit, by the way, there between those two numbers. The 20-minute long segment spoofing This Is Your Life on the Rock drew a mind-boggling 8.4 quarter-hour rating. WCW, with the beginning of Perry Saturn versus Conan, drew a record low 1.6. <laughs> In comparison, meaning meaning the WF won the quarter by almost seven full points. Raw absolutely destroyed Nitro head to head over the two hours and five minutes by a record six point eight to two point four margin, doubling Nitro in every quarter and tripling it in two quarters. As well as this is your life, Raw also tripled Nitro during the second quarter with a 6.6 rating for Big Show versus Jericho, while Nitro countered with Evan Courageous versus Berlin and Harlem Heat versus the Wyndhams doing a 2.1. Helmsley versus Rock Title match did a 6.0 final quarter and a 7.0 <coughs> overrun. Nitro's Heart and Flair versus Sting, Luger and Page did a 3.0 with a 3.8 overrun. Uh, now, in the UK, having said that, Nitro, Nitro beats Raw again. 310,000 viewers to 280,000 viewers. <laughs> the despair around the oaken table. <laughs> Should be ashamed of yourselves. How on earth is Honestly, that? honestly, if anyone's out there Get in touch with the show. Did did the box sets somehow automatically reset to, to, TNT. to Cartoon Network slash no. TNT if you turned off your TV? It's well, all I'm thinking. People well, are going out for no, a drink and we, have left we, it on. We, we had one of the crappy old Amstrad boxes still, so it was number 16 and that was the last channel we could get. But why this month? It's all September. Nitro is winning all September. So why the parent? Is it Hogan? So, no, it's not Hogan. So it must be the parents. <laughs> what are the parents doing? What are the parents doing to go out to leave the kids unattended to watch Cartoon Network and leave the TV on to get pick up these extra views for WCW? That's child abuse. The, the, contract, the fuck is going on? It's got to be Hogan. It's Big Terry. It's got to be. It's the only, it's only, you can't say uh, he's the focus of this whole show. Everything's yeah. referenced to him, so it's got to be him. It has to be. It has, Hogan. To, be, has to be. Hogan draws in this country. Which, which makes it even more disheartening. <laughs> well, uh, you kind of think that depends on the generation I guess coming through what they what they grew up with and I suppose in, in, in this country any reference to you know if you put sort of world of sport to one side any reference to American wrestling was a WWF and it was Hogan yeah. we, didn't, we didn't get Jim Crockett promotions over here you know the only WCW we got still doesn't was, explain why this was, was on 
that's if that's something that's happened. That's, mm-hmm. It's the only rational I think because even even <coughs> back when Sky first launched in this country and we we were getting WWF on Sky, the only way you saw WCW is if you had um, BSB for anyone who's a sort of a you know, mm. satellite digital TV geek type of thing. I'm, I'm probably losing all the listeners here, but still, I'm trying to think of rationales here. In terms of a sort of a wider context of American wrestling, in this country, it was Hogan. You can see that British bulldog push has worked that well away for me. <laughs> <laughs> Even more despairing. Yeah. The bulldog's back, and they're losing. To be fair, with that body, the lack of dreads, and these fucking stoned-up googly eyes... <laughs> Uh, maybe people... His promos this month are shocking. Oh, God, he's terrible. He's like the worst pro wrestler of all times this month. Um, I don't know. That's all I've got. It's Hogan. Jesus. Now, from the torch, it could be interesting notes here. For a few hours, there were plans for yet another WWF title change on Raw just 24 hours after the one at Unforgiven. The original plan for Raw was for The Rock to beat Triple H in the main event to win the WWF title, ending Triple H's second reign 24 hours after it began. The details regarding why those plans were scrapped is sketchy, but apparently Triple H came out very strongly and very vocally against the idea when Vince McMahon suggested it to him. The WWF booker's rationale was apparently that they wanted to give the fans what they wanted and give The Rock the title. There were no plans for Triple H to lose the belt before Sunday's pay-per-view, so that may mean that WWF bookers were greatly influenced by the pop Rock received at the pay-per-view. He's right. <laughs> Trips? Yeah. Trips is right. He, well, yeah, he is. It's... If you're going to do it, stop fucking around. I was going to say, if, if you're going to commit, you, you, you've got to do it. How is he supposed to mean anything yeah. going forward if he's just treated as... If, you're starting to treat everyone the same. This this is what you see from Russo, honestly, in WCW, where everyone is just interchangeable. You just circle around. What do I need this week? Yeah, heel face doesn't matter. Just switch around. Switch belts, pop yeah. ratings quickly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So just, yeah, totally. So uh, yeah, not good. Another note from the torch here. Again, not so encouraging. Big show for on Raw. Not happy with Chris Jericho after his match uh, at, at, at the show. Big Show was so upset with the way a couple of the spots played out during the match that he threw a fit backstage and even punched a wall in the locker room. One person backstage said Big Show was so upset that he wanted to kill Jericho. Uh, apparently the main concern of Big Show was the short arm sister that Jericho tried to do late in the match. Do you see that fucking spot? He tries to do a short arm scissors on him. He can't figure it out. But, so first of all, he can't, he's too big to manoeuvre. So he's trying to do it, so he just slaps him in the face. And then he tries to put this short arm scissors on. He, he doesn't know how to do it. He's like trying to put this move on. He's like he's got his leg the wrong side. He's trying to do this move. Big Show's trying to do the herc up and throw, and it's just it looks fucking horrible. Anyway, um, the next night at the SmackDown tapings, uh, Jericho was working stiff with the Road Dog, slapped him in the head a couple times. Road Dog slapped him back full force as a receipt. Uh, WWF wrestlers watching Jericho's matches thus far are not overly impressed with the evaluation that he is to WCW and there's a long way to go before he adapts to the style the top wrestlers in the WWF strive for oh fuck them at this at this point like at the bulldog this point, <laughs> yeah, like Kane and the Big Show and the Undertaker slow plodding boring monotonous garbage uh, who, 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 Billy Gunn who are you putting him in there with Billy Gunn Road Dog Big Show Fat, useless fucking big show. Billy Gunn, who was acknowledged he was a terrible wrestler and it was all smoke and mirrors. You can't turning him babyface. It's a Triple H and Chris Jericho straight away. And pissy, whiny road dog who used to 
bitch about Austin using his stroke to get his wife tickets in first class with him. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> Road dog who uh, who mocked the rock and said he had a big head. Yeah. Rock and Bobby responded this month in the same newspaper and said that the Road Dog is a very insecure little man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jericho uh, his movement in the ring and timing has even been compared to Shane Douglas by those in the oh, which is which is not considered you. a compliment oh Shane yeah so there you go so they're out to get him already it's and what, happened and what are we going to do we're going to throw you in there with China well, not yet we're not we're going to do nothing for the next month absolutely nothing I just, I just think it's obvious they didn't know what to do with him there's and a spot there if they, if they... and he didn't know what he was yeah. because of the use of him so he was all over the shop there's no traction whatsoever he should have come in as a face straight away off the bat mm. and, then, and have a fucking story for him yeah. and even if you're not going to do that and you're going to have him as a heel then push him as a serious player oh, you, you it's had, obvious you had the momentum out. you can't on one hand sit there and say I, don't know, I hate this the amount of almost what it feels like defending of Triple H we've done on this show but <laughs> you can't on one hand decide right we're going to undercut the heel that in theory we want to commit to and put the belt on them and I'm not comparing Rock to Jericho here, don't get me wrong but to say we're going to undercut Triple H again and put the belt on Rock not because of a long term plan but because of the reaction that paid for you the night before and then on the other hand dismiss the reaction that Jericho gets when he debuts and just sort of pass it off to one side that, no, 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 you're not ready for this yet so your next verbal bit's going to be with the road dog then you're going to wrestle Shamrock it was the take line before yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sure it was but again the take line and the fact that Triple H is struggling for the spot that Jericho looks like he could moonwalk his way into yeah, quite but, bluntly but again if they're so uncertain of Triple H and they're willing to change things on the whim of a crowd reaction because Triple H isn't the new guy and Jericho is you know the way you know Vince's thing with yeah, this yeah, I, I, it is I, I, bullshit yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying anything that is shocking to anyone around the table or a revelation to anyone who's listening to the show it's just it just doesn't it's just, highlight it's just irritating it yeah it highlights highlights the just the utter nonsense <laughs> you know what and this is why wrestlers have to protect themselves and refuse to do jobs like Shawn Michaels like Buff Bagwell like Hulk Hogan exactly like but, but, but mainly like Shawn Michaels um, different company guys different company yeah WCW this is interesting WCW had a meeting this is our last note for the timeline in September with Hulk Hogan a meeting this past week where he was told that they were going to start this week promoting Goldberg as the top star in the company the idea is that the television shows will end with Goldberg every time now, as they did this week on Nitro. Uh, the final scene was with Sid finding his car smashed up, but the show appeared to be built completely around Hogan anyway, says Meltzer. A lot of people continue to question the booking, where all the faces get laid out for Hogan to make the save, when it would be better to create a younger star by having Hogan and Flair laid out for the new star to save them, whether it be Goldberg or taking someone else, anyone else, to elevate. <laughs> so, there you go. Apparently, a talk has been had with Terry. Really? <laughs> yeah. By talk we mean a mere suggestion. Don't feel pressured. If you don't want to write on it, that's fine. Do you think maybe Terry put over a new guy? Would you mind ever so much, Mr. Belaya? <laughs> How do you feel about that, sir? And um, those UK ratings are gonna hold up, brother. <laughs> you see no bigger star I am in the UK, brother. 
in 18 years time they're going to be filling out Wrestlemania's brother <laughs> um, Brett's been brought back to do nothing with and at this stage we, the grand total of one Nitro in Canada <laughs> oh yeah one Nitro in Canada Brett, Brett. <laughs> you know what he's been there nearly two years now <laughs> he says I've been here for two years I, the thing that I came here for Hogan the Pels I've never got great it's like watching him and he just saunters out it's like it's it, it it was like their use of Piper. It's like they've got a guy. Uh, we haven't used him at all on TV for months. We never talk about this guy. In fact, you have no reason to know this guy's under contract to us. And then he'll just one day just walk out <laughs> straight in like he's always been there, and he'll just do a meaningless storyline. People being paid millions of dollars, and then he'll disappear. Yeah. At least they put Piper in pay-per-view main events against Hogan at one point. Where is Roddy Piper right now? Who cares? Why is he still under contract at this point? Why is Scott Hall still under contract? Without they, the budget like that? Because there's probably certain certain guys, it probably cost them so much in the short term to fire them, mm. that given the state of flux that the company's in, if you're the one, well, if you're the guy who takes that hit on you under your watch, yeah. no one, the, the higher-ups aren't going to look at it and say, in a year's time, they're, that they're, guy, it's like, under your watch, you lost us an extra half a million dollars, okay, it saved us 300,000 over the course of a year mm. but in that one but hit, surely, yeah, they're, surely. They're, they're not looking long to them no. they're, they're looking There's at no shit we're on course for a loss may I suggest that Scott Hall has probably given them more than one reason to fire them to fire them like a breach of contract yeah. somewhere but if line. you haven't by now why would you I, why would you yeah. you can't stay I, 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 I think it's quite the assumption to assume there's something like that in the contract mm. bearing in mind that for the better part of, for, for the better part of how many months if not pushing a year National weren't working with nailed on contracts. Mm. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's an interesting time here at the uh, the timeline. So that wraps us up for September. A lot has gone down this month. A lot of it doesn't make any sense. The TV has not been particularly enjoyable with shit flying all over the shop. The things that are good and enjoyable are, are moments of isolation uh, that really seem to never pay off anywhere. When you do, it's rare. It feels. Mm. Um, and like I said at the halfway point in the show this this is the most WCW I think the WF ever feels to me um, yeah I, I know it comes later there's a bit more focus coming up and uh, things do obviously get much much better in the year 2000 um, but for right now the shows aren't looking all that different from each other to me yeah, apart I, from the fact that one's got some hot stars mm, on I think I've talked before on other podcasts about how in, you when you talk about what was your favourite single twelve month period in wrestling, you what you want you. I think I've remarked before about how I always felt that ninety nine doesn't doesn't hold up well in retrospect, and I think this this is a good month of. If you're going to use a case study, September would be a good month to, to use for that. <laughs> it's feel like a lost month that no one ever um, mentions, no one ever talks about. You're watching this, yeah. it's completely new. And I uh, said before about how when you go back and review the shows for the timeline. Raw was always easy to get through because of the energy, because of the vibe. We talk about WCW being a slog. Mm. The extra, what, 45 minutes per show doesn't help in that regard. But this month, as a whole, it all felt like a slog to, to watch it. Yeah. You know, because you, you've got two poor pay per views thrown in as well. <laughs> and it, it just feels like it's a real sort of, it's a real struggle to go through the month. And I said before, it's, you know, it's not a war anymore it's a squabble 
You know the old um, knife to gunfight analogy? Yes. At this point, we've got one company's got a cannon, the other one's got a water pistol. <laughs> it's just, it's this This is an all out bloody massacre at this stage. Bischoff is gone. Bischoff's gone. The assholes are still running the show. Nothing's changing. They're saying that Goldberg's going to take over. I suspect that won't be the case. Now, I have a question. We got, obviously, we've got a big story coming up in October that's going to completely shift things in some direction when it comes to, to WCW and WWF. We did a podcast a ways back about trying to save WCW from October of 1999. And we all kind of laid out different booking ideas and the people that you want to focus on and the stuff like that. Now that you've kind of lived, relived through this entire thing again, and we kind of sit as we are right now at the end of September... Do you think that this ship is actually salvageable? No. I I, I, may, I maintain that I don't think by this point you can save it. You're, you're on course for a loss. And the work that would be required to turn it around and the time you would need, I don't think you'd be, you will not be afforded that by higher-ups. And, and people can again you can go back to the whole analogy they didn't want wrestling on their sh- on their networks and all, all the, the, those sort of bullshit arguments which is what they are <laughs> don't care if anyone listening disagrees with me it's a nonsense argument they would have happily had wrestling on their network if it was profitable it's the fact that it wasn't profitable that was the issue and I, don't, I don't think you can turn around the, the numbers quickly enough and generate revenue fast enough to, to right the ship at that point Gear and your thoughts. I think it's savable. You think it's savable? I watch these shows and I'm looking, what have you got to work with that people get excited about and capture the imagination? And I think there's a lot of guys. I mean, it's the same as it's always been, but it's still Eddie. Benoit in a roll. Um, the animals. <laughs> animals. Are, there's hot. something that they connect to a niche to the audience, which is different to Steve Austin. Uh, and co. Um, there's so much talent there. Goldberg is Goldberg, still a huge. Booker. Yeah. Look, he's still fighting around with Stevie Ray. And, and every time he comes out and does something, he gets over. Yeah. And it's like it's not hard. It's like people like this guy. It, there's, I think there's a lot. Of, there's so much talent there. It's just. I mean, could you? Yeah. I mean, but a lot. Uh, not logically. Um, realistically, no. Of course not, because. You'd never move. You'd never move the dead wood, i.e., the wood, out the way, and use them to get over the young guys. If you if, if you could use the old guys to get over the over the new guys and keep certain guys around, bring them in now and again. Absolutely. If everyone was, if you if they had a boss and they had to do what the boss told them, otherwise they wouldn't have a job and they wouldn't get paid, and they were malleable, then you could use some. This roster is so big and so talented. It's not a lost cause because things can change around fucking WWE was nearly out of business a couple of years ago yeah financially so you can you can ch- change it around and you've got as long as Ted's on side there's a bit of that crutch there that I'll support you while you turn things around but realistically it'll never happen because you'll never move you, you never get the guys to do the things you need them to do to, to, mm. to have a hope so realistically no is there the talent that in theory you could yeah oh, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you at all that they're, they're there is enough talent there absolutely I'd be foolish to suggest that there isn't but it, to the point you made there 
you've you've got to try and clear the decks in in some fashion, and you're just not going to be able to do it because too many people, whether it's Hogan with complete creative control, Nash has elements of creative control, and if well, I think he did anyway. He's had book a spot. So yeah, yeah. The only guy who actually had creative control in the contract is Hogan. But you've just got so many people who are unwilling to do what is necessary. And again, I, I, just, I don't think there's a big enough time window. I understand, you're right, things can change quickly. But with WWF, Vince is, Vince is the paymaster. Uh, USA are just purchasing something off them. USA are happy with the numbers they're, they're doing. And it's not, it's not a loss. It's whilst Vince is losing money, USA as an, and and Viacom in the sort of wider spectrum as a network aren't losing money because of Vince. Yeah, there, there was only one point. I think it was actually it was very close to when the WWF got hot. It was at the start of 1998 when uh, I want to say his name was Bruce Diller. Was the, he, was the, he worked for uh, USA and they were going to cancel Raw. Raw was gonna get Raw, and I think it was choosing like fights was the other big thing that they had maybe on the network. But they were both gonna get cancelled in early 1998. So that's I mean that's and that was when WWF was really looking rocky. And of course, like we say, three months later they're on fire. So with the right thing in the right spot, it's it's possible. But like you say, it feels like you just need to clean out the top. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, they absolutely. You, you need to clear the top so you can present other fresher, younger guys. As the new top, yeah. it's simple as that. The, the whole paradigm for the company needed to change with the talent they had in there. But you need to use those old guys to service the new guys and put them over, yeah. and then fuck them off out of the way. Not having them lingering around and stinking up the place. Maybe, <laughs> maybe have one in a ta- in a tag team with a younger guy yeah. to, bring, to bring another guy along. And Brett. there's so many things you could have done. together. So many things you could have done to de-emphasize de- those older guys, but still have them there and cycle them in for the occasional title match when you need someone. But there's too many egos, too many. Everyone's to protect themselves, and you can't blame them because they are products of their environment. At the end of the day, yeah. it, it was prison rules, yeah. um, and Hogan had the key to every <laughs> every, every cell. So, um, oh, lovely analogy there. Fucking prison analogies. They're better than my boat ones. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I think that's a lovely note to leave this on because uh, that is the end of the Eric Bischoff reign. We have seen the way things have gone in his absence, and on the first of October. 1999, a phone call is made from New York to Atlanta that will change the dynamics tremendously. And obviously, we will be taking that forward on the next episode of the timeline, which will be the next episode of SCG Radio. So join us again uh, in the next week or two. We will be posting the next episode of the timeline to talk about the shift uh, creatively from one side to the other and what comes of it a lot of stuff going down next week on the timeline so join us then I don't want, I don't want to give any spoilers but talk about your revolution we've got a resolution coming <laughs> <laughs> and with that said I want to thank everybody for listening for Carl Jones I can't believe that Nitro is coming for thanks guys uh, see you next time I am Lou Rock and we're out of here. Talk to you next week. Well, the party was nice, the party was pumping. Hey, yeah, B-I-O. And everybody having a ball. Ha, ha, B-I-O. Until the fellas start the name calling. B-I-O. And the girls respond to the call. Ha, ha, I hear a poor one shout out. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out?